Welcome to TTM Cast, your sports collectibles podcast with Jeff Baker and Drew Pelto. Sponsored by Certified Sports Guarantee. Go to csgcards.com for sports card grading for the win. And by sportscollectorsdaily.com. If it happens in the hobby, you'll find it on sportscollectorsdaily.com. And sponsored by gemrate.com. The latest grading statistic from the four major grading companies is just a click away. Visit gemrate.com. It's free. And now, here's our host, Jeff Baker. Hello, everybody, and good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whenever you're listening to us, we really, really, really appreciate it. This is TTM Cast, your sports collectibles podcast, where we talk TTM cards, autographs, collecting, and what else, Drew? Anything that's on our minds. I mean, it's, it could, you never know what's going to come up on here. It could be kangaroos. It could be food. It could be movies. We, we love talking about everything. So this is. Hey, could, yeah. could that possibly be a spoiler alert right I there? I know. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> this is TTM Caster Sports Card Podcast. We have been doing this for five, over five years now. And I want to thank all our listeners. Drew, we hit 60,000, 60,000 all-time downloads, which I never thought was even possible when I started this stupid show. That's great. That's, I mean, big thanks to the listeners for making that possible and for tuning in every week, no matter what we have going on here. All our so. idiocy, idiocy, see, right? Our stupid right. picks and all, all the stuff we talk about. But we really appreciate yeah. it. We love you guys. Um, my name is Jeff Baker. I'm talking to you from Boston, Massachusetts. And of course, the, the 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 best pipes in the business on the other end, my buddy from Dallas, Texas, Drew Pelto. Drew is a YouTube creator. He is an author. He is a uh, post on, on Twitter all the time, dfwgrapher.com. If you're not checking out, dinognock.com, but dfwgrapher. If you're not checking him out on YouTube, you're missing something. His His Videos are great. And I watch them just because I want to see which hat he's going to wear. <laughs> I guess they're breaking those back out again. Because, I mean, for a while when I first started, you know, I was wearing a different one every single video. I know. And after a bit, I kind of ran out of them. So it's like, all right, well, just, you know, whatever I happen to have sitting close by or anything. And yeah, I got, like my hat, I got, a, I got a twin spring training hat. Nice. That's solid. So we're, 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 uh, luckily you guys don't have to look at us. We're, <laughs> yeah. this is an all we'll, audio we'll just describe show. the hats for you. We'll just describe the hats for you each time oh, or something we, there. We'll, we'll give it the, the, the play by play. Well, guys, I want to, uh, this Wednesday, this past Wednesday, we had Ted Mann on from Collects, uh, TTM cast one-on-one. Make sure, make, make sure you listen to that interview. Ted is CEO and co-founder of Collects, and it, it's a really fun to talk to him about what's going on. Check that out next Wednesday on TTMcast 101. We're going to have uh, Don Edwards from the Buffalo Sabres and a few other teams, including the Calgary Flames. He was a goaltender. He's a two-time All-Star. We will have him on next Wednesday on TTMcast 101. I am heading out to Naples for a few days to the uh, All-Star basketball event, which is going to be on this Monday coming up. And so if you tune in on Wednesday, I'll give you a review of how I did at the show. And, and uh, we'll, we'll talk to Drew and see how he's doing on returns. So I'll be in Florida for a couple days. Uh, picked up a uh, two Trey Turner rookie cards on eBay. I got a, uh, a Bowman rookie card. It's not his first card, but it is his Bowman rookie. 
uh, I think it's 2015, and I got a 2016 Topps rookie card that you know nice. they have. They both have the rookie insignia on it. I did not have. That's kind of my one of my calls is for some reason like that 2013, 14 to 17. About uh, I didn't buy a lot of new stuff then. I don't know why. And so every once in a while, a guy will come up like, I don't, I don't think I have his card. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How about you? That's right when I kind of started getting stuff back, getting kind of back into stuff. Because right after I moved down to DFW here. And so I was having to buy a lot of stuff to, you know, go and get autographs. So 2012 to about 2016, I'm decent on. But Good. when you get into like 20, about maybe 2009 to 2011 or so, there's a huge gap right there. And also around kind of 98 through about 2004 three or so because i was uh, mostly doing hockey around that time were you in college then are you yeah i was in college well i was uh i was kind of just starting college right at the end of that block right there because i was in college from 02 through 05 okay and i kind of started getting back into buying some baseball stuff around 04 and 05 there because i was you know going for baseball teams every now and then yeah i was in college from 83 to 87 because i was class of 87 but i for some reason i bought a shitload of cards that yeah. that time i don't know why um, but I, it must, I don't, I'm not sure we just, we were, I, I must've been busy with work and just not, not into buying the new stuff. Cause I was still buying vintage and, and buying on eBay and, and I was sending out t, uh, TTM requests. That's probably when I first started doing TTMs really, but I just, I don't know why I just didn't buy, I didn't buy the cards. Um, so I, I had a, a big week. Also, I, I picked up uh, three prism blaster boxes for a 2022 football blaster boxes so i'll get let me give you the rundown of how how my uh my i bought three boxes right mm-hmm. first box first pack i open it up my uh like the last card was a uh, um uh, what's his name the guy for the quarter quarter isn't that horrible <laughs> the quarterback purdy quarterback from the okay. 49ers i got a purdy card uh rookie card it's like, oh, that's nice. cool. I don't, I didn't have one of his. That was very, yeah. very nice. And he had a good year. My second pack, I open it up. The the la- the last pack on the card, right? It was a um, one of those blue ice cards, and it was a Rex Burkhead. All right, Burkhead, uh, Burkhead card, card. It was when I say it was destroyed. It looked when it, it had creases, it had dents in it, it had scratches on the front and the back. It Jeez. like, I'm like, oh my god, what happened to this card? Yeah. So I sent that off to I sent it off to uh, to Panini. Let's we'll see we'll see how how they do on customer service, Drew. Yeah, they're, I think they're usually pretty good about that kind of stuff. So hopefully yeah. they are. So I and then the rest the rest of the boxes I did pretty good. I pick I got a Mahomes, I got a Justin Jefferson, I got a, a bunch of um, rookie cards and, and uh, green parallels and blue parallels and uh, all in all pretty good. I mean it's thirty dollars for a blaster box. You get. Um, Six packs of four cards each, so it's what about a buck a card, right? Yeah, and uh, I, I would say thumbs up. I didn't get any autographs, but I got a bunch. I got some rookies, and all in all, I think I think it's a it, it's a nice take. Um, there's actually some old guys on there, uh, and I might try to send one off. Leroy Kelly, you know, your guy, Leroy. You played for the oh, Browns. Yeah. I got yep, a Leroy yep. Kelly card, and I was nice. surprised. And I know he signed, so I think I might try to send that off to him. I got a. I got an Elway card. I got a bunch of other, a bunch of other guys too. So um, it's, it seems like a nice, nice mix. I haven't looked at the checklist, but I would, I'm going to, I give it a thumbs up. I don't know um, how easy they're going to be to fi- be found in the wild. Cause the price difference, right. 
what what right. do we say? A, a, a hobby box goes for like seven hundred bucks, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, now those ones are the ones you know they're loaded with autographs and parallels and all that. Right. Kind of no, stuff, I, where, I, you know, I mean you get so you get yeah. what you pay for, right? Right. Yeah, for sure. So I mean, I spent uh, you know a hundred dollars and I did I didn't get any autographs and you know I got a bunch of I, I got a bunch of parallels, but we'll see. I, I like yeah. them though; nice looking cards. How was your week? It was good. Uh, just one thing before you go sending out that Leroy Kelly card, make sure you prep those uh, prism cards very well. Yeah. They need it real bad. So yeah, make sure you're white erasering, powdering, whatever you want to use with it. You might want to go over it multiple times just to be safe, but Kelly's a great signer. You don't want to screw the card up with not prepping. Yeah. I don't, I don't have his autograph cause I don't have any, his cards. I don't think so. Um, I may, I'm going to, I'm going to go to a show at the end of next month. So I'm going to, maybe I'll look for a, a car, an old card of his. And that way I can send off two cards to him. Yeah, there you go. Cool. Yeah, uh, week here was pretty good. Went to a uh, NLL lacrosse game last night. That's the uh, indoor lacrosse league, and uh, got to see it was what was it the Panther City Lacrosse Club or Panthers? Yeah, Panther City Lacrosse Club in Fort Worth took on the San Diego Seals. Seals beat them pretty handily, but I mean they've got one of the best one one guy who's considered to be like a top twenty five all time player playing for them, and they've got the number one draft pick from a few years ago playing for them. That dude with the uh, with the, the there was the number one draft pick a few years ago had a hat trick in the first half of the game. Wow. Had any uh, fights two with any fights? Yeah, he had a fight as well along with it and two assists. So he's got you know the full the Gordy Howe hat the, trick, right? Yeah, I don't know if they have the Gordian lacrosse <laughs> at all, but whatever they may call that, he had that and a regular hat trick as well on top of it. So it's like wow, that's that's a hell of an effort right there, back guy. It's uh, did you try to get any autographs? Because that's right up your alley. I yeah, I didn't at all. Um, we didn't stick around afterward at all, but they do have some kind of a, a team autograph event coming up soon. So if we decide to buy season tickets, which we are considering, we'll get to go to that. So yeah, we'll see what happens there. So it was pretty fun getting to see the game though, at least only the second one I've ever been to. And yeah, I definitely like it. So might uh, try to go to a few more there. Uh, tried to go for a, for some hotel graphing, which I have not done. Ray, 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 Ray. Wah, wah, wah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it went badly. I mean, I, uh, I haven't tried to since 2016 and this is exactly why I haven't tried. But, um, I mean, I'm going to, uh, the hotel that a lot of the hockey teams stay at, I think that like there's what, 32 teams, 31 of them will come in. 30 of them have stayed at this hotel recently. And I'm not even going to give the name of it out just because I don't want to give them any kind of publicity. The one that so you, that, the one that you graphed at this the other day. Yes, that, yeah, okay. that was the one. And I, I don't even want to give them publicity just because their policies suck so badly. But the crazy thing is that they're, the, their properties they have in other cities don't put down the regulations that this place does. None of the other hotels in Dallas put down the regulations that this place does. But, um, I mean, I got there for uh, in time for morning skate. And the Penguins had played the night before out in Colorado. So the morning skate was optional. And, like, maybe two players got on the bus for skating, and that's it. So it's like, wow, that's that was kind of pointless. So I sat there in the afternoon, all morning, all afternoon, hoping that, you know, might see Sidney Crosby walk out and get lunch or something at the restaurant across the street. Again, no such luck. Saw like a couple of team employees and stuff. But that's about all we saw the entire day. So uh, game time comes around. They pull the buses up and they rope off an area 100 feet behind the buses. Really? And so not, not only is it roped off to where, you know, if you step out around that rope, they're going to throw you off the property. You can't even yell out to them because you've got two idling buses in between you and the players. So they're not even going to hear you. And if they do hear you, they're going to be like, Eh, you're too far away. I'm not going to bother with it. So the uh, I saw one player came over and signed for anybody. And that was this, uh, was it Mark Friedman? I think was his name. He's this guy who's been bouncing between uh, Wilkes-Barre, Scranton and Pittsburgh all year. Kind of those uh, 
one of those fifth line type guys there. So, yep. uh, and the only reason he even came over and signed was because he walked over to the Starbucks that we were stuck right next to. And they asked him on the way in and said, Hey, when you get done, you might sign for the sign over here. And I'm like, yeah, no problem. So he goes and gets his coffee, comes out, signs. I had nothing for him. I only brought stuff for Crosby and Malkin because they're the only two that I really have any major needs for. And if I didn't have the cards of them that I needed for sets, I wouldn't have been out there at all. But yeah, it was a total bust. Um, there were maybe 15 of us total that were down there. And one of them got himself kicked off the property because he <laughs> tried. He, he, well, he walked around the other side of the buses. And when Crosby came out, he popped up in front of the bus like, hey, Sid, you mind signing here? And security grabbed him, pulled him back. And uh, Crosby looked like, yeah, I'll sign. Uh, now they're taking you away. Nope, see ya. And they literally like followed him out to where we were and watched him walk off the property. It's like, oh, that's too bad. This is insane. And it's stupid because I mean, I've done, I've graphed two other hotels in the Dallas area. The teams have occasionally stayed at in the past and occasionally stay at now. But yeah, I mean, I haven't bothered with them at all. And I did fine out at the Ritz and at the Omni. But yeah, they put them at this other one that they're at now. And it's like, nope, we're, you're screwed. You're not going to get anybody unless you get super lucky about somebody going to get coffee. So yeah. Yeah, I know it's hard about uh, football players and hockey players that they are. I don't know. I don't know their their faces. You know what I mean? Like I know yeah. Crosby. You you can't. You don't know. You not know Crosby, but the you know it's you 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 talk about third and fourth right line guys, and I I wouldn't recognize them. You know, even the Bruins guys that I watch all the time with their helmets off and, and street clothes. If they don't have a number on the back, I'm in trouble. <laughs> yeah, I was able to pick out a couple of them here and there, but it's yeah, it's I mean. What sucks is, I mean, with hockey, with active players, there are only three active players that I need stuff on for sets. And they are Crosby, Malkin, and Ovechkin. I'm not bothering with Ovechkin, ever. I tried the Capitals Hotel once, and I got the guys I needed except for Ovechkin. And then eventually, game time, Ovechkin had us all thrown off the property. So I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to bother with Washington. I've never heard of him signing at all in the last few years, unless it's at a paid signing. Crosby and Malkin, I've at least seen people get stuff on them. So it's like, all right, I'll go ahead and try that. But, ugh, God, that was, it was an exercise in futility, to say the least. Yeah, you might have to give it one the old call to try and do it one oh, more yeah. t- next year when they come in. Oh, yeah, I will it. gladly show up anytime Pittsburgh plays at the Stars. I will try them again. They I mean, only, come, they only come in once a year, rides. right? Yes, they're once a year. But uh, hopefully the next time they don't have a game on the road the night before because that really screws everything up when you have back-to-back days with games like that. Right, if, so they're if they have at least a game a in between, days, that that's a lot better as well. Right, yeah. I mean, if there's at least a day gap in between, then they'll you know fly in the day before, have the evening there. You can hang out in the evening. You might catch them walking around or something. Whereas on a day like that, you're not gonna get see much of anybody. And hey, if there's a couple of ga- days in between, you might even get lucky. You might have a practice at another rink or something. I used to. I, that's how I nearly got Crosby's rookie year in Boston. Yep. Well, Drew, we have a really fun show this week. We have your protege, right? You're yep. you're a mentor. You're you're like uh like Yoda to to <laughs> to her. Uh, we're talking about Drew's friend, and she's a collector, a TTM collector. Her name is Aubrey Turner. We're going to talk to Aubrey in Collector's Corner. And bonus time, guys. Drew joined joined us for the interview, so Drew Drew chimes in with a few questions. We also want to talk to Clemente Lise this week about hockey and World Baseball Classic and. Uh, some soccer stuff, and we re- we review uh, all the new releases, re- recent releases from our Upper Deck and Hockey, so make sure you listen to that. Next week, we have uh, Scott Garner, who is a Ryan Nolan Ryan super collector. Wait till you hear the stuff that this guy has. He is fantastic. That's going to be next week, and we'll have less on next week. And Drew, we have all our regular segments as well, right? Of course. We've got Baker's Dozen covering everything in the news of our hobby. 
We've got Collector's Corner, as you said, with Aubrey. We've got uh, Clemente joining us as well. Making the grade, covering everything in the world of grading here in our hobby. Stamp for approval, where Jeff and I give our thumbs up to just about anything from the previous week. Like you said, it could be could be food. It could be kangaroos. You never know what that is. You never know. We're, we, always, we always throw curveballs in there, right, Drew? Absolutely. We've got the Vern Rap Minute, where we cover deaths in the world of sports, celebrity, music, movies, politics, anybody that you might TTM. And, of course, the main reason why we're all here are TTM returns from the week. Cool, Drew. Thank you, guys. We'd love to hear from you. If you're a new listener, welcome, welcome, welcome. If you've been with us for a while, we appreciate it. We love our, our listeners. We love our uh, questions and comments. Drew, I got an email from a listener uh, last night, actually, and he's got uh, 40 or 50 uh, Allen and Ginter non-sports cards that he's sending my way. Because he, nice. he, he doesn't want to get involved in TTM. And so I figured between the two of us, I'll share with you and we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get some of those out. So with that, we love getting emails from listeners, co- questions, comments, all the Drew's cousins, aunts, uncles. They always tell them how great he is. But how is, there's only one way to reach us, right, Drew? How do you reach us? That would be emailing us at ttmcast at yahoo.com. And if you don't know the drill, Drew gets a quarter every time he says it. So we'll, we'll give we'll, you want another quarter. TTMcast at yahoo.com. TTMcast at yahoo.com. Uh, nope, that's a free one. That was an order. That was a free one. He slipped <laughs> I, I, that I one in. To, I, I had to sneak one in. <laughs> <laughs> he slipped, slipped that one. That'll be in your Christmas bonus, okay? There we go, yeah. <laughs> well, guys, we are, I think that wraps up all our housekeeping. We're going to go right into Baker's Dozen. Baker's Dozen, sponsored by sportscollectorsdaily.com. Smart collectors turn to Sports Collectors Daily to stay up to date. From new releases to incredible collections hitting the auction block, news from inside the business of sports collectibles, and much more, Sports Collectors Daily has it, all with no subscription cost. SC Daily also delivers a live look at the most watched sports card auctions on eBay for every sport. Sign up to get the headlines in your email for free or just visit the website whenever you like. With 16,000 stories in the archive going back 16 years, there is always plenty to read at sportscollectorsdaily.com. Baker's Dozen is a new summary of what's been going on in the hobby. We talk everything from new releases to auction results and anything in between. I just want to remind everyone to check out my weekly article on TTMing autographs in uh, Sports Collectors Daily, sportscollectorsdaily.com. The article usually posts on Tuesday morning. He's been po- posting on Tuesday morning, and I uh, highlight all my TTM re- returns from the week as well as um, do some updates on what's going on in the show it's a great place to kind of follow, follow what's going on and every once in a while drew will help out and he also drew also writes articles for sportscollectorsdaily.com as well do you get another one planned do you have another one planned for i'm trying to because i definitely owe uh rich a few articles there but um i tried i, I was going to do one on the dallas card show and so i emailed the guy who runs the whole thing and god he has taken forever to get back to me about it so it's like I don't want to do I don't want to just write an article about it without his input and everything and comments and quotes from stuff. So kind of stuck in a spot of limbo right now. I did email Rich and say, dude, I'm working on this. It'll be on its way soon. Hopefully I'll have it in time to be able to do like a preview of the next Dallas show or something like that. So no, it'd be a good one, Drew. Uh I would I'd do an article on uh 1972 Tops high number series. Just the okay. high number series. And yep. then because you can you can show all kind of the, the cool 
um, photos and t the traded cards and you know you you're getting all those uh, you're getting the autographs you can show the cool autographs i think that would be a good article yeah good i mean that's the first year they did a traded set so that would be uh or traded subset i guess was that yeah point, so yeah, it could be good. That'd be interesting. Well, check out Sports Talk this daily every Tuesday for my article, and Drew, Drew's up there as well. Guys, uh, you know, I, I started helping out with the Bob Feller Active Valor Award. It, it's an award that's given out to former players and, and um, current players who are have been uh, either in the service or, or, or done stuff to help the service. And uh, they raise money for scholarships, and it's a great, great organization. And uh, we'll be talking about them them uh, through the year. But one of the things they've they've got going on is they've got a uh, a baseball card set, thirty nine cards of all the guys that um, all the Hall of Famers and former players that played in and you know, you know played in the uh, MLB, but also had something to do with their service. And the the cards are really neat, and they uh, there's a story on the back of each card, and it's really cool. And the best part of it is that the the card set's going to be free. They haven't printed them out yet, so they're looking to see uh, how many card sets they need to order, and they like people to pre-order on. And all they're going to ask is that you give a donation to the the uh, foundation. And the foundation again, all the money goes to scholarships for um, families of former uh, veterans. It's a great deal, and they also help out. Uh, veterans and other causes. So go to actofvalorawar.org, actofvalorawar.org, and pre-order your set. It's really cool. I'm gonna go. In, I'm gonna go in and do it. I haven't pre-ordered my set yet. Drew, I recommend you doing it tonight. It's a nice looking set. Um, nice. And then uh, you know, I think it's they're gonna they're, they're finding out how many they're gonna need and they're gonna print them out during uh, I think this summer. So check it out, actofvalorawar.org. Drew, we got a lot of new releases. I figured I put new releases up up front this time. Mix it up a little, all right? Yeah. Cool. Sounds good. Yeah, we've got a uh, Panini Origins basketball for 2022-2023 that is coming out. $400 price tag on this for seven cards. You get uh, seven cards in one pack with two autos or memorabilia cards. I saw actually Sports Collectors Daily just did a review on that product here as well. So if you're thinking about checking that out, go and check out their article and then go and buy yourself a box. Yeah, it's a really nice. Those the cards are really nice. Um, the 2022 Donruss football set, factory set, football set is out. There's 405 cards. You get 400 cards in the set. You get all the rated rookies, which is kind of cool. And there's five uh, parallels or, or inserts they've put in there as well. So kind of cool. $120 for the set. 2022 Donruss factory football set. Check it out. Got a Topps Gold Label baseball for 2022 hitting the shelves. $100 price tag on that one. You get seven packs each with five cards in that one. So another one's always, they've always got a really cool design on those ones. So definitely worth checking out. This one's getting a lot of buzz. I was really surprised. It's the 2022 Topps Chrome uh, McDonald's All-American set. There's a hundred cards in the base set. There's two autos per box. And uh, the beauty of this is these guys, these are like the pre-rookie cards. These, these are high school kids. Uh, and a lot of these guys are going to be in, become all-stars and, and they might even get be a hall of famer in there you don't know so uh 2022 tops chrome uh, mcdonald's all-american boxes go for about 200 dollars. and i've seen a lot of buzz about it have you drew um i haven't heard much about it at all except uh, when you've mentioned there but it sounds like a really great product that all-american game is absolutely huge every year i mean you're talking the top high school players those guys are going to be the top college players, and those guys will have a few of those going to become top NBA players. So yeah, you never know. One of them might checking. be a future Hall of Famer. These right, that's where they come from. Yep. 
I got some hockey stuff coming out with the box set, the 2022-23 Upper Deck NHL Rookie Box Set. It's a 25-card set. You also get one parallel, some chances, and some autographs in there as well. Sounds like you're kind of resurrecting those rookie class sets they put out from about 2005 to 2008, 2009, somewhere around there. That's going to cost you $30 for that set. And Drew, I think you were talking about it on Tuesday. The, I I love the thought of um, selecting, you know, getting all of those autographs. 25 cards is nice. And, uh, you know, the hockey guys, even even the, the, the best rookies, they sign. These guys sign. Um, yeah. You know, I think other than McDavid, who was a, a star before when he was born, <laughs> the, the hockey guys sign. Yeah, so, I mean, you've got a 25-card set. I bet you can easily get about 20 of those at least signed and maybe even all 25 because I've been doing those old rookie class sets there that I just mentioned, and I've gotten two of those totally completed, 50 out of 50. Yeah. And I'm within, you know, striking distance of the other two. You're the man. 2002 Panini Obsidian Football came out. Uh, one pack, seven cards. You get four autos or memorabilia, which is kind of cool. They're going for $475. That's 2022 Panini Obsidian Football. Uh, kind of a nice looking set, don't you think, Drew? Yeah, I mean, Obsidian stuff is always fun. You've got, you know, with the black background, so much etching going on in there. It just, yeah, it really stands out nicely. I agree. Hey, we have some auction results to let you know about. Yeah, we've got uh, Shohei Otani's jersey from when he hit home run number 100 in his career. It's autographed by him, has an inscription on it in Japanese, just sold at Golden Auctions, nearly hitting the six figures, just barely coming up short there. $99,600, the final sale price on that. Oh, can we send that read to the Broadcast Hall of Fame? <laughs> <laughs> You're the best. This is this one's from our friends at, at BuySportsCards.com, the top five players on their site uh, uh, the, this past, I think it's past month, but uh, it's it's all baseball guys, which is kind of cool. So five is Aaron Judge, four is, is Harper, uh, three is Julio Rodriguez, two is Trout, and one is Otani. So I think uh, between spring training and the World Baseball Classic, I think – Baseball is kind of gaining some momentum, don't you think? It absolutely is. And I mean, that seems to be common for every year. Around March or so, that's when everything's going to start shooting up a bit. It's right at the forefront of everybody's mind. I mean, even if you're not like a huge baseball fan or baseball collector, you at least know that it's going on and that it's, you know, that's going to be taken over the summer here for the next uh, next few months. Yeah, no, but you, I'm looking forward to opening day. Opening day is yes. Thursday. And the best part of baseball, it's there all the time, right? So if you, yeah. you can find a baseball game Anytime, anytime, anytime after seven o'clock to to one in the morning, there's there's there's, there's some baseball game going on. Uh, I really enjoy it, and I think I love the new rules. Do you like the new rules? They're growing on me. I think the pitch clock is great. Everybody likes complaining about it. I think it's great. I love the thing. If you go back to the 1960s, Cal Hubbard, when he was head of all umpires, did a study to find out how much time is usually taken between pitches. And back then it was 11 seconds on average between pitches. So don't tell me these guys can't somehow keep it to 15 and 20 seconds. That is insane. Yeah. So yeah, no, I think I, it's, I think it's a good idea for the most part. I agree. And I think what it's going to do, I think it's going to um, get these guys, the bats off these guys' shoulders. And yeah. I think there's going to be a little more swing. And I, I think the um, no, no shifts is going to help. And I think the bigger, the larger bases um, might add a little more stolen bases, which is nice. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you might see I've, there's one broadcaster saying, you know, right now, 50 steals, you're going to be leading the league by a significant margin. Might that get up to 75 now with these uh, slightly bigger bases? Three inches makes a surprisingly high amount of difference. difference. I've been watching spring training and the guys are running. Yeah. 
good. Cool. Well, we got some show news to to report. Yep, CSA show, the Chantilly show in Virginia coming up in less than a week, March 31st through April 2nd. Some big names on the list, current NFLers Devontae Adams and Jamar Chase, plus NFL Hall of Famers John Hanna and Marshall Falk, tons of other signers as well. Go and check out the info at csashows.com. You're probably too late to get any mail-ins for it, but hey, fly into Washington, drive down to Chantilly, you'd get there. Yeah, we got the Men Collective coming up next week as well, March 30th, April 2nd at the MGM in Las Vegas. And this is not just a card show. It's a, it's an industry show with all sorts of panels and uh, seminars you can go to. It's themincollective.com. I believe there's still tickets available. If you want to go spend a, a couple of days in Las Vegas, it's the worst places to be. Uh, our friends at CSG will be there. There's all sorts of cool stuff. So make sure you check that out. The Mint Collective at uh, themintcollective.com. Also, uh, Rich Altman's show is coming out. Rich uh, passed away, I think, two years ago now, right, Drew? He passed, I think, yeah, it's two years ago. Uh, but Rich was a big promoter in the hobby and a, and a collector as well. And he do, they do a show every year in here in Wilmington, Massachusetts at the Shriners Auditorium. This year, it's April 28th to the 30th. And, and two big guests that I don't rem- remember being here for a while is Dr. Jay's going to be there signing autographs and Pete Rose. They also have former Patriots and a bunch of other uh, local, local guys. It's, it's a really, it's a really fun show and it's a great venue. So uh, if you're in the Boston area, you want to take a trip to Boston and, and at the end of April, it's a great show. It's at the Wilmington uh, mass Shriners auditorium. Uh, I think you can go to either Hollywood collectibles or just put in rich Haltman show and you can find the information on that. Well, Drew, that wraps up Baker's Dozen. A lot of stuff, as always, and great to catch up and see what's going on. Um, Let's go right into Clemente's world, okay? All right. Clemente Lise is, uh, well, he's a correspondent, right? He's a a regular on the show. We have him once a month. We're actually going to have Clemente on in a couple of weeks, right before um, hockey playoffs to talk about hockey playoffs. So we'll have him on again. Clemente and I talk about uh, hockey collectibles. We talk about soccer stuff. We talk World Baseball Classic. And uh, Clemente and I go for about, I don't know, 45 minutes to an hour. So it's a a really fun interview, but please enjoy uh, my chat with Clemente Lise in Clemente's world. If it's soccer, hockey, or collectibles, it's in Clemente's world. It's time for Clemente's World with Clemente Lisi. Collecting trading cards can be expensive, but grading doesn't have to be. You can now grade your cards for as low as $12 a card with CSG. Get your sports cards in the industry's best and clearest holders. CSG also offers amazing customer service, fast turnaround times, and accurate, consistent grading. Plus, get access to the CSG registry and compete against other collectors for the best collections. Go to csgcards.com to start protecting your personal collection today. Save $10 off a yearly membership to CSG with code TTMCAST. Get your favorite cards into the industry's best holder for even less. Save $10 off your membership with code TTMCAST at csgcards.com. Hello, guys. You got your tickets ready for enter. We're we're going into Clemente's world. And I'm talking, of course, about Clemente Lise. We are going to talk a little hockey, a little soccer, a little baseball, maybe even some, some baseball collectible stuff. But uh, welcome, Clemente, and welcome to Clemente's world. Hey, glad to be back, Jeff. No problem. We love having you. I think that we get... Uh, 
great response every time you're on the show, my friend. Everyone, all, all the hockey puckheads come out and say, it, "You guys need to talk more hockey." It's funny the response I get from people listening. Often they say to me, "You guys talk about the weather a lot." And I go, "Yeah, because when you live in the Northeast in the winter time, it's brutal." <laughs> it, it is brutal. I'm actually <laughs> headed to Florida on Sunday for a couple of days, so nice. uh, I'm yeah. trying to escape anytime I can, even though spring is here. But I will say, you know, it's 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 slowly turning into spring here in New York, and you know, we had March was the World Baseball Classic, so we felt like I got we got a little bit of a pre opening day treat with some international baseball, which was a lot of fun. I know. Let's talk a little World Baseball Classic. It just ended. Uh, Japan won. I don't think there was any surprise. I think they were a better team. I think we could have used a little more pitching, right? We didn't well, We didn't bring our aces, right? We didn't bring Max Scherzer and Kershaw and, and, and some of these other guys. Even yeah. We could have brought Roger Clemens out of there, and I think he could throw faster. You no, know, absolutely. I mean, the, the U.S. hitting was phenomenal, but Japan had both the hitting and the pitching. And when you have Otani, you, you get both, right? So, you know, and, and I mean, if anything, if if there was any doubt how big Otani is in terms of uh, value, in terms of the, the player that he is, I mean, he's phenomenal. We, we, we know that already, but he really consolidated that here. The World Baseball Classic is interesting. We missed the last edition because of COVID. I think when early on it was, it was out there, you know, it was a response to when the Olympics got rid of baseball, which was a shame. And, you know, World Baseball Classic, for someone like me who loves soccer and hockey and loves international competition, it's great to see national teams going at it. It's great to see, you know, Israel and Italy and, and you know, the United States, Japan, Dominican Republic. I mean, all these countries. And, you know, it was a lot of fun and it was kind of a treat beforehand. I mean, I would tweak the tournament a little bit. You know, we talked a couple of months back about how the NBA and the NHL and even the NFL All-Star Games are kind of like, duh. I'd love for this to be a mid-season thing, maybe a two-week break and do this, or maybe do it in the, in the fall or, or winter months. I mean, you know, and maybe have the U.S. bring in their best players, you know, to the point where, like, we talk about soccer and hockey, for example, those players want to play for the U.S. And, and a lot of people said to me, oh, the World Baseball Classic, I hate this thing. Players are getting hurt. You know, it's going to ruin the season. I'm like, it doesn't ruin the season. The World Baseball Classic should have that cachet, that pedigree, Look, viewership was up for it. So I think fans are into it. And I think when you have guys like Trout, Otani, you know, the excitement is there. And, and think about it. It was competing with March Madness with basketball. And that's hard yeah. to beat. You know what, Clemente, maybe, and, and I think I like your idea of, of having, making it a two-week thing and making it during the season. Um, it's hard because all the games would have to be played in the U.S. basically, right? Because Or Canada. Because the, the, the players, especially the Latin American players, aren't going to be going down to Latin America or, or, or the European players going out to Europe because it would interrupt everything. It would be more than a, a two-week thing. So the games would have to be played in the U.S., I would think. Yeah, unlike unlike the World Cup in soccer where you would rotate it, obviously the, the baseball classic would be played, you know, in the United States, Canada. And you would, you know, I, I would even limit the travel because, you know, it was interesting how Japan played their games in Japan. And, you know, they were kind of all over the place. Um, but to have them maybe in one time zone or one or, or in six cities or whatever. But I think people at MLB, they, they must be thinking, scratching their heads and going, you know what? I think we have something here. Let's let's see what we can do with it. And maybe in the future, you know, it won't be every three years. Maybe it'll be every four years. Maybe it'll be every year. It depends. I mean, I think if you do it every year, it, you may cheapen it a bit. Um, but if you do it every other year. And, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think of alternatives to the All-Star game, you know, all the sports. Yeah, I would end the All-Star game because you basically lose a week with the All-Star game anyway. So I think if you if you took, 
you know, four days before the All-Star game break and four days after the All-Star break, so to speak, make those World Baseball Classic dates, right? And then play it in, you know, you can play it in Phoenix and San Diego and Miami and, you know, places that don't get rain so you don't have to worry about rainouts or or places that have domes. They could play it up in Toronto, right? Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. I think there's something here. And I think this edition... Uh, compared to previous editions, this edition proved it. What I really thought on a collector standpoint was disappointing was, sure, Otani's value will grow as a result of this. It was already pretty high. But I would love to have seen the World Baseball Classic cards out now as opposed to later in the season. Or maybe Top Series 1 could have had inserts. I think there was an opportunity lost here. I think they weren't thinking about it. I think in the Well, you know what? They did release a box set. They did release a a box set, uh, but it, it sold out fairly quickly. Yeah, I mean, they're not out there as opposed to like Series 1. I would have loved to have seen maybe like inserts where you have Otani in the Japan jersey or Trout in the U.S. jersey and and, and Azarena in, you know, the Mexico, whatever jersey. So you have a little bit of this buildup to it. I think for a lot of people, the World Baseball Classic just stuck, snuck up on them. They were like, oh, I didn't even know this was a thing until it was on TV. And so right, no, I, I agree. And I, I think the finals, while it was great, it was a little anticlimactic from a crowd standpoint. Because I think if you didn't have the Latin American teams in it, those crowds were were rowdy, right? They were they were boisterous. It was like a, a soccer game. I think the the finals, the crowd was a little subdued, and just because of proximity, there wasn't as many Japanese fans, right? So you didn't get that that fervor for the Japanese team. And I think the U.S. we didn't grab a hold of it as like, like some of these other teams. I I don't know if you saw J- Japan for their game against Korea. They had over 50% of their TVs turned on to that game, which is unbelievable. Right. Yeah. No, I think in Japan, it was like they're watching World Cup soccer. It right. Was all nation, you know, gravitated around them. And I saw the videos of the celebrations in Tokyo and it was like, wow, if the U.S. had won that, nobody would have, people wouldn't have cared here as much. So I mean, it was nice to see that happen. And I think that passion can grow and maybe even having a world baseball classic, the whole thing in Tokyo one time. I don't know. I feel like there's, you're right. The Latin American teams really bring it in terms of the fandom. And, and Oh yeah. I mean, the, the U S Venezuela game was unbelievable. That was a great game within the fans were going crazy. And, and even the Mexico Japan game the, the, it had a great uh, buzz in the stadium, but I didn't, I didn't sense that for the final. Did you? No, no, it was, it was like, you were going to like, uh, I don't know, like, like an NCAA tournament final game that no one cared. Yeah, or even worse, it was like Yankees Diamondbacks in May. It was just like they you know, whatever. I mean, there wasn't chanting, there wasn't a lot of noise. And you know, you don't get that from the US and the Japanese crowds generally. But like I said, a great start. And I think a way to kind of capture what soccer has already and hockey to a certain degree have already done, which is make it international. And it's nice to see other teams winning because it shows. That baseball transcends the U.S. or Canada. It's something that's a global, it could be a global game. And, and it is. The European teams are in it. I mean, for example, I was reading a lot about the Israeli team. I mean, they're all Americans. But it was interesting to see, you know, people who are proud to be Jewish to want to be on that team and, and represent Israel, for example. Or you have Dominican players who play in the United States. I mean, a lot of names we already know. So it was it was good to see minor leaguers, major leaguers all kind of mixed together. And it was a lot of fun. And so it, it, for the first time in a long time, it took my distraction away from basketball in March to something to watch something else so on top of soccer and hockey I, and, and March Madness I also had baseball to watch in March. I know I picked Purdue to win the the the, the tournament so I after they got knocked out then Kansas gets knocked out and like geez you know I love upsets but 
so you know for for the 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 tournament thing you need a lot of favorites to to be in there to keep people yeah. interested no absolutely and and but the tournament just to change gears a little bit the tournament has been more even a lot of two number ones are out there's a lot of movement there but there isn't this like super cinderella i mean princeton is a, is a cinderella maybe but you know it just depends on you know fairly dickinson knocked off you know purdue but then they got knocked out in the next round so you know, you didn't get that like sweet 16 run. So, you know, you have a lot of parody now. You know, my right. rule with the tournament is I just pick Gonzaga and often I'm right. Yeah, well, you know what? Parody sometimes is good, but I think in sports, you need that evil empire. You know what I mean? You need the Montreal Canadiens. You need the Yankees. You need the, the Dallas Cowboys. You need you know, the Patriots. You need teams that people can hate. You know, that that you need that that uh, the, the dynasty type, the great teams. And, and I think, you know, uh, because these got these kids are leaving school so quickly, and you know Duke has kind of come down, and Kentucky's kind of come down. And UCLA hasn't been what they had been in uh, for a while, so it's you don't have those 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 you know like even college football, you have Alabama, right? Everyone hates Alabama, right. but basketball, basketball, I think is lacking in that because these no, kids don't. They don't, right. stay, they don't stay long enough. No, you're right. There, it's one and done. And so you don't see the dynasties that you saw with Duke, Kentucky. You don't see that. And, and you're right. You need that one team or two teams to, for everyone to kind of try to catch up to. There's none of that. I mean, Gonzaga was that team for a few years. Villanova was for a few years. But, right, but Gonzaga's never really ne has never really won anything. And it's, it's hard to right. hate a small Catholic school from Seattle. Right. <laughs> Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's, you know, because 15 years ago, they were the Cinderella team. Some people still think that they are, but they're not. They're like a one or two seed. But right. They've been right. good for, they've been good for a decade plus. Yeah, but they're right. They're, right. They're good for a decade, but not good, not evil empire good though. So I, I, I hear you. Right. Well, you know what? I, let's get back to the World Baseball Classic for a second from a collector's standpoint. We mentioned the cards and I, and, and I think they'll come out in series two. I would, I would bet that they will be World Classic uh, guys in their uniforms in series two or or maybe in the update series but is there uh, a player that really increased their value and you know otani is not otani he's not getting any he's not going anywhere do you think there's a player that increased his value as a as a result of their performance in the world baseball classic two things so yeah so otani is ceiling is really high you know Mike Trout, same thing, you know, though I will say because he's been injured, never won a World Series, there's some people who in the last couple of years have soured on Trout, even though I think he is the greatest player of his generation. Um, but I think a Trey Turner, for example, that's somebody people should go back and go, hey, you know, let me look for his inserts. Let me look for his rookie cards. I mean, he was, his, his bat was on fire, you know, yeah. and I thought, okay, maybe this is a guy that people, was kind of a medium player, medium to high player that people were not looking at, you know, What's happening now in, in all sports in terms of collectibles, I think, is people gravitate to the one or two. I mean, I think about hockey. It's McDavid, Ovechkin, and then there's nobody else. You know, it's like, well, guys, look, there's there's plenty of players you can collect. And the real fans know that, but it's the people that are dipping in and out of the hobby, the people that sunk their money into, like, John Morant, for example, and we know what's going on there. Yep. It's those people who are like, hey, look, some perspective, these guys are really young, they can blow up their knee, they can, they can have a PR nightmare, anything can happen, you know, so I feel like collectors need to open, open their lens more, I mean, I think people like us do, people listen to the show do it, but the people that are dipping in and out, they're the ones that drive the prices up sometimes, because they're, they're flipping, and so I feel like a Trey Turner, you, you tell most people, hey, Trey Turner, they're like, who's that, you know, so I feel like he, he's, his stock went up big time, 
Um, I, I agree. Uh, what do you, th- you know what? The one guy I thought was going to really shine in this uh, event was Mookie Betts because, mm-hmm. you know, he was leading off and he was or bad second and he had Trout uh, right behind him. And I just thought he was going to have a, a, a real great opportunity, but I don't think he, he didn't really come to the forefront. You know what I mean? He just was just another player out there and he didn't yeah. make any great plays in the field. And yeah. And his value, I think is, I don't, I don't know if this is true, but just perception wise, his value has dropped in the last two, three years since he moved to LA. And I think, yeah, I agree. And if, you know, there's something to be said for a guy that plays their whole career in one city, right. right. You know, like Clayton Kershaw, he he's a Dodger and, you know, he's, right. he's had chances to go other places and uh, you know, I hope Trout stays with the angels. Uh, you know, I don't know if that's going to happen, but it's right. nice to have guys that are, are tied to a city for their whole career uh, you know, it's a, it's a shame that Brady had to go play with somebody else and Joe Montana had to go play somebody else and Emmett Smith and those guys. Right. I, I really enjoyed the Brooks Robinson and Collier Stremski and Jim Palmer and those kind of guys that yeah, just Cal played Ripken, for one team. Ripken Jr. Cal right. Ripken Jr., yeah. sure. Yeah, you don't see those names anymore. The other player, I think, his stock went up, and it's kind of funny because his stock was – he went from unknown to up to down to maybe up again as Randy Rosarena. I think that he his stock has gone up. and. He's got an interesting story about how he ended up on the Mexican team. He's not Mexican. It was kind of funny how some of the players got on these teams because of uh, marriage, allegiances, whatever. Um, so I think his stock went up a little bit. But like I said, I think a lot of people weren't paying attention. I mean, even though the game was the championship game was the highest rated WBC game ever, it was five million people. Now that's decent, but that's not that's not NBA Finals numbers. That's not even World Series. Well, it's actually better than the World Series in some cases because it's seven. Right. Eight. I mean, does, does does did the Big Bang Theory in during the week when it was on regularly draw more people than that? Right. Well, yeah, but now the uh, this is a different topic, obviously. But our audience is much more fragmented today. I mean, like I think about the '80s when you watch sitcoms like uh, Family, you know, um, um, Family Ties, right? Thirty-five million viewers, or The Cosby Show. That doesn't happen anymore because on that given night of that game you ask a hundred people, what did you watch last night? And you get 99 different answers probably. So yeah, you know, it's funny Clemente. I was on a, on a flight from uh, to Florida or from Florida last week. And you know, you stand up, it was jet blue. So you stand up and you're looking what everyone's watching and everyone's watching a different show. Right. It, you know, this was in, the, this was a midday, so there was no sports on, right. but still, unless there's a game, like if you fly on a Sunday and there's a football game, there's you're right it's so fragmented and the audiences are so fragmented and and that's you know we that's the 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 penalty we pay i guess for having so many great entertainment options yeah. in terms of netflix and you wow. know like amazon and all the prime and all yeah, that exactly. stuff so. exactly i mean like while we're watching the world baseball classic somebody's watching ted lasso for example right you know and but that's true but you're right the only exception is football football is king and the nfl has captured something that I think other leagues are trying to capture. Yeah. If you, I mean, if you fly on a Sunday and, you know, I would say, you know, 60 or 70% of the people are watching some type of football game. Uh, And I, you know, I I don't remember if I flew during world cup, I think I might've, and there were some people watching the game. So, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't 60% of the plane, you know what I mean? So it is what it is. Well, it it was a great event. I hope they, I like them to keep it three years. I think three years is a good, good, uh, time when they can make they can make changes and not um uh, sabotage the regular season because the mlb doesn't want to sabotage their regular season and i don't i don't think you know like soccer they don't they don't want to sabotage premier league and in the other in the other regular season so i think they'll figure it out and uh 
you know, I don't know if you've been watching spring training at all with all the new rules, the the pitch counts and, and the new bases and stuff and there's no shifts. And, I, you know, I give it the thumbs up. I've been watching a lot of spring training and I think it's it's uh, it's going to help the game. Yeah, no, I only caught a couple of innings of certain games. I was curious that maybe the pitch clock could have worked in the WBC, but I guess they didn't want to tinker with that yet. They wanted MLB to be the first one to to, to roll it out. Right. So, and some of these other countries probably don't do this. So, but it is an interesting thing, and I think it will speed the game up, especially the clock. I mean, I've seen pitchers throw a pitch, get the ball back, and before you know it, they're back at it. You know, and so I like that because. As you know, you're a Red Sox guy. I'm a Yankees guy. Oh, you know, those games Yankees, are so yeah. long. Yankees, Red Sox, national TV, Sunday night, four-hour game. Oh, it's, yeah. Minimum. Yeah. And, and you know, I remember. It doesn't I, matter if it's two to one or, or, or nine, ten to nine. Right. And so that that has to go away because people are just not, no one cares enough in, in June to, to commit that kind of time to that game. Well, you know what? Let's talk a little Panini yeah. so, uh, soccer stickers. I know you, you've been trying to finish your album and uh you know what i was down in florida and the, there were i saw some stickers on the shelf i was surprised yeah so some places you know have stickers with some dust on them still i i think that the fervor is gone obviously the world cup is over it ended three months ago but i still was 50 short you know and i got to where i needed to be through trades and some purchases and then i i realized i thought i had everything i needed i'm putting the stickers in the book and i realized i'm one short Oh no! <laughs> yeah, the Belgium team crest. So I said, okay, I'm just gonna go on eBay, spend two bucks, get it. It came in the mail two weeks ago. I put it in, and it was a crowning moment. I finished the book. Was your daughter pages. all excited? Yes, it's 600 plus stickers, 80 pages. It took. I started in August, so it took a while, and I'll never forget that the Belgium team crest was my last sticker, and it was it was like winning the World Cup myself. So it was a lot of fun. Did and you post it on social media yet? I posted on social. I even wrote about it for Planet Soccer. So Okay, I missed that. I'm sorry. Yeah. So I wrote about it, just my quest to finish the book. And I did. It's actually the first book I ever completed. Usually by the time the World Cup is over, I lose interest and I, I forget about it. And I have yep. like half a book. But this year I was committed. My kids and I, like, we're going to finish this book. And so we did it. And it was it was fun. Well, you mentioned Planet Soccer. Planet yeah. Soccer is a weekly newsletter that you put out. I believe it comes out every Monday, right? Yeah, the newsletter comes out every Monday, but if you go to the site, there's other content on there. And I, occasionally I will do an opinion piece that I also blast out. And last week I I, I I wrote a piece about my quest to finish the Panini sticker book. And you can find those links at planetsoccer.substack.com or you can go to my Twitter feed and I post regularly on there too. Guys, check it out. It's a great new, great newsletter. It comes out every week. Hey, we got a lot of new releases from Upper Deck to, to talk about. And I think it's cool to just kind of run down them because uh, they, they're it's not like um, Tops and Panini where you, you're you're used to these sets coming out. And, uh, you know, I see them in, in Target or, or Walmart, and I never know which one should I buy. So I'm going to go to the expert. That's you. <laughs> and we'll run down some of the new releases and your opinions and if, if they're worth uh, the paper they're printed on. So uh, let's talk about Artifacts first. That, that just came out recently. You get five cards per pack, five packs per box. You get the plus two bonus boxes there's 250 cards in a set you can get a, a blaster box for about 25 dollars what kind of sets uh artifacts out apart from some of the other releases from upper deck the artifacts is a nice set because nice and clean it reminds me a little bit of sp authentic in that sense where it's like a nice white clean background good base set if you're interested in that a lot of people i know don't collect the base set for this set they like the inserts the autographs the patches and i will say though 
I bought artifacts in the past and my only experience with artifacts was retail. And I gotta tell you, I would buy blaster boxes, 25, in some cases, 30, $35 now because of the flippers. And then you come home with a bunch of base cards and, and maybe you're lucky like one numbered card. I found that I went to my local LCS and they were selling individual packs from hobby boxes for $20. Okay. And I thought, well, if I buy two packs for $40, I mean, I get a lot fewer cards, but am I going to get better cards? And I did that as an experiment. Now, of course, you go to Target and there's the 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 FOMO, like I got to buy these blasters because they're here and there's hockey on the shelf. I, I, what, what did I get? I ended up getting um, some numbered cards. I got some patches. I got a, a, a number to 999 artifacts rookie card of um, Maddie Beneers. Right. Oh, nice. And I never would have gotten this card, I think, in retail. So this tells I'm kind of I, I think I'm reaching the point a lot of people are reaching, which is you go. There's lots of stuff on the shelves. Like, for example, top series one baseball, lots of blasters, but don't buy the blaster. You're not going to get anything good. You're going to pay thirty five dollars for them. I would just buy either the box, the hobby box or buy a pack for twenty dollars. And now it's crazy to pay twenty dollars for a pack. I know but you're getting more value and you're getting better cards. Unless you're looking for the base set, then you got to get as much as you can. But I don't, when it comes to artifacts, I do hobby. I don't do retail. And so that's yeah, I kind of agree with you. And, and I'm a big, I'm a big retail guy, but lately I've been swinging the other way and, and, and biting the bullet, so to speak. Cause you know, you go and buy four or five blasters and then that, that's a, the cost of a hobby box anyway. So you might as well just get the hobby box. And you're looking for quality over quantity. And that's what I think I'm looking for. And, and as, as tops fanatics and as upper deck start to maybe not upper deck, but as there's more available now, I mean, I'll give you an example, even the last couple of days, I've seen baseball, basketball, hockey, soccer, everything at target. I've seen it at Barnes and Nobles at toy stores in yep. New York. You have lids, they, because they're owned by Fanatics, they have cars on the shelves. Then I go back a week later and the same stuff is there. People aren't buying. They're not buying all this retail. It's it's not worth the price. You're not going to get your money back or you're not even going to break even. So Artifacts, I, I highly recommend it. I think it's a clean set. It's beautiful. A lot of good rookies in it, including Maddie Beneers of the Kraken. But go go the um, hobby route on that. All right, thank you. How about 2021-22 uh, Metal Universe uh, Hockey came out from Upper Deck. It's uh, they're going thirty dollars for a blaster box. You get seven cards, five packs. There's two hundred cards in the base set. It features a hundred regular star veteran cards, fifty rookie cards, and fifty alternative jersey variations. Uh, I I like the old Metal Universe uh, cards. Uh, you know, I like the feel of them and I like the look of them. They're not great for autographs, but I've sent out a, I've sent out a few for autographs and just to see how they came back. And uh, I'm not. Not that thrilled with them. Um, what's your thought on the metal universe? Uh, yeah, so artifacts. Yeah, so artifacts, for example, is great for TTM because it's white background. It's got a cardboard kind of feel. Metal universe is shiny, and the metal universe is a great brand. That's that's the kind of thing I would get blasters for because I think you want to get the base set. And it, even when you get the blasters, it's lots of variations, die cut cards. They're a lot of fun. Um, it's not so much a value thing, but it's the kind of thing people do want to get the base set from. And you can get some good rookies. The problem with Metal Universe this year is, as you might have noticed, recently we had the Cup come out, 2021. Now we have Metal Universe 21-22, Artifacts 22-23. We basically have three years, three different seasons going at once now because of the pandemic and production issues. It was very confusing to say, well, 
wait, so Lafreniere was a rookie in 2021. Right. When was he a rookie and who did he play five, for? Who are these guys playing five, for? So, and so I had a I had some a friend of mine say, Oh, 21, 22 metal years. I want to get that. It's got Lafreniere. I'm like, no, no, no. That's Lafreniere's second year card. He was a metal universe the year before. He goes, well, why is it coming out now? It's like long story, production issues, pandemic, whatever. So just make sure you're looking at the year. These are all new releases. But in some cases, you have to go back and say, well, the, the, the interesting part about that, though, is, for example, the cup is a great example. When you buy the cup, it's a very high-end product. But you're kind of gambling on the rookies. But now three years out, you know who the good rookies are. Like Kaprizov is a good rookie. You say, okay, I'm going to go chase that card. And on the secondary market, they're going for a lot of money because we already know if that rookie has made good, right? Three right. years later. And what, you don't know that usually. So it's a very interesting time. I'm just hoping Upper Deck can catch up here because it's very confusing to some people. Yeah, I agree. And speaking of catching up, Series 2, 2023, Series 2 is coming out. It's coming out on April 5th. I just saw a release date for it. Hobby Box is going for about $100, which isn't bad. I think they were $120 Canadian. Uh, you get eight. Eight packs, 24 cards, six young young guns, which is a really nice uh, feature. Everyone loves chasing the young guns. Um, yeah. And, you know, I like I got a couple uh, blaster boxes of series one and I, I, I enjoyed them. The collation isn't the greatest. I, you know, I think I told you I got one pack, one box. I got like five Bruins and the other box. I got none. Yeah. So, yeah. The collation can be a little weird. But again, series two. It doesn't matter which go which route you go to because a lot of set collectors want to get those cards. They want to get numbers two fifty one to five hundred. The last I think hundred are the young guns. The young guns to look for in that one is Shane Wright of the Kraken. The other young guns card that I think will do very well is uh, Bowie the mascot for the Kraken. He has a young guns card. It reminds okay. me of the, the one that uh, uh, gritty. They had a gritty young guns card come out a couple of years ago. People love mascot cards, but they love it when it has got the Young Guns logo on it. So I, I can see that. It's already a short print. I can see that card doing very well, especially if the Kraken make the playoffs, which currently they're not. They're on the outside looking in, but they're looking to make the playoffs, and that would be interesting if they do. Drew and I were talking about, just came out the other day, the uh, Upper Deck Rookie box set. I believe you get 25 cards in it, plus that you have a shot at, uh, uh, I think you get one parallel, you get a shot at autographs. I think one out of every four boxes has an autograph card in it. Uh, it's a box set, is $25. And what Drew and I were, were saying is, that's a great set to uh, TTM to get autographs, you know, try to get an autographs as opposed to going for a 250 card set and, you know, fight and fight and all these uh, uh, short prints and stuff. This is kind of a, a, a complete set and it's, it's uh, manageable from an autograph standpoint. Yeah. From an autograph standpoint, totally from a, from a financial one. Absolutely. But this is not investment stuff. This is not the kind of box where even the greatest rookie in this box will not be worth thousands it's not because it's not short printed and it's available widely in retail i mean you can probably get the rookie class cards of like an ovechkin 2 or Sidney crosby from you know uh, 10 years ago 15 years ago and they're still pretty affordable so these are not out there but you're right if you got this ttm or you went to a show and got a rookie to sign it and you slab it maybe that could be worth more but if you're looking for a rookie of a, of a play you like and you just can't afford the 400 for the young guns card because of the value of that card that it has and, and the demand on it. This is a great set to buy. You could even buy last year's set, I think, or two years ago for $25, $30. So it doesn't really go up in, you know, in price that much. Um, but yeah, I agree. And this is a fun, you know, even for kids. I mean, I, I always talk about kids getting into the hobby and they want a rookie card. 
yeah, this is a great place to to start in some ways. N thank you. Next is uh, MVP. And this one, uh, Clemente, I for some reason, I always bypass it. I never, I never say, oh, I need, I want to buy, I, I got to get that box of MVP that I see on the shelf. I always go for the series one or even on artifacts, you know, just something that, that uh, interests me. But the base set consists of 200 regular cards, 500 high series star and rookie uh, short print cards. Um, you know, it's a nice looking set. Don't get me wrong, but it, it, for hockey, I kind of stick to series one and, and series two. And then I'll, you know, I'll pick up an OPG or an artifacts just to see what they, they look like, you know? Yeah, no, MVP is the kind of thing that comes out usually at the beginning of the season, like September, October, just to get things started. It's very low end. I mean, it's very affordable. A lot of it in retail you can find. It's very easy to find. Um, again, it's, yeah, it's one of those things where a lot of people do bypass them. I often buy a couple of packs just for fun. The design doesn't change often year to year. That's another yep. back of this of the set, you know, but it's very cheap. Um, and getting some MVP, you know, if you're getting it, some rookies that do well, it's, it may be worth it. And again, it's maybe more expensive. The card may go up in value more than the upper deck rookie box, for example, in terms of individual cards. But you're right. And they're also not great to sign because they're a bit shiny. So yeah, yeah. Uh, for that, what I like is what I prefer on the low end is the is the next thing you want to talk about, which is the Opeachy cards. Yeah, I per I picked up a box of Opeachy in Florida actually, uh, just to see him. I'm you know I like the old Opeachy from the back in the seventies and eighties, um, and I want you know I wanted to, I I grabbed him and uh, I got I got Patrick Kane, which I sent your way. Yes. <laughs> I thank you. I hope that. you enjoyed it. Thank you. I did. And uh, I got I got a couple Bruins and I got a couple special cards in there and you get the yellow the borders and I you know what are they I think it was like twenty or twenty five dollars for a box. Um, again, I think it's more of a fun fun set. It's not something that I I'm gonna go out and buy twenty bo blaster boxes of Opeachy or a hobby box for Opeachy. But uh, you know this it was a fun open. Yeah, so I, I I kind of you know slammed retail earlier, but I will say for Opeachy, I mean MVP, but but Opeachy, I would definitely get retail for that because it's just a, like you said a fun rip, and I ended up buying two hobby boxes and I got a lot of cards. Oh, cool! Uh, and I ended up getting uh, you know I'm very hot on Matty Beniers of the Kraken, and I got his marquee rookie card, his you know his insert too, you know not not numbered or anything, just the base ones. But I mean, I think these these cards are fun; they're not super expensive. And they're just, you know, and they're super clean. So if you want to get these TTMs, for example. I agree. They're nice cards to get signed. Yeah. I would definitely look at that as, as an alternative, for example, compared to Metal Universe, where you just can't get them signed. They're just too shiny. I agree. Well, that, uh, that uh, it's nice to see that uh, Upper Deck's kind of catching up a little. And, uh, you know, uh, Series 2 is delayed, what, about a month, right? And they're, it's coming out next week. So a uh, lot, lot of hockey cards to to go after, which is nice for, for us fans. And, you know, we're, we're, we're approaching playoff time, NHL playoff time. What do we got, about a week and four a half, weeks, two weeks left weeks, in the season? Four weeks. Four weeks to playoffs, yeah. Yeah, and uh, my Bruins are going for the record. Most wins, most points. Um, I don't think they're going to get it. Do you? I think not also because do they want to extend, expend all that energy going for that and then – kind of going to the playoffs with a little less in the tank. I mean, I wouldn't. I would start to, like, scale back on some of the minutes some of your stars are getting because while the record's fun, you know, the New York Times had a story a couple of weeks ago saying, yeah, the Bruins, are they, are they peaking too early? And that's a that's a question you have to ask because, you know, 
the number one seed. You know, I had a friend of mine tell me once, you can't drink champagne out of the president's trophy. And that's true. <laughs> you know, and, and so I, I think that's true. And so while it would be fun, I'd rather they not break the record and then go on a deep run and win the Stanley Cup, which, you know, can happen. But like you said, can, have they peaked too early? And that's a, that's a question. So I don't know. I, I wouldn't, if I, you know, if it's hard as a coach because what would you tell your players? You know, pull back? Obviously not. You know, you want to go for it. So I think they're going to go for it. I think they're going to come close. Yeah, uh, I, I think that they had two-game losing streak. They lost to the Blackhawks and the Red Wings, I think. Yeah. And those two, those are two teams that they should beat every every time out. Yeah, they they losing to teams that are not going to make the playoffs, for example. So yeah, for example, yeah, that's true. right. And I, I I was looking at their schedule. They, I think they have two games against the Canadians, and uh, they say they got to they play in St. Louis, and uh, I think well, more I bad teams. Think, yeah, more bad teams. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they're playing. I don't think they're playing the Rangers. I think they're done with the Rangers. The Rangers only play the Penguins, it seems these days. Yeah, no. it looks like it, right? <laughs> Boy, what a great game uh, on it was Saturday or Sunday. The one. Yeah. They, they had seven, scored seven goals or something. They killed them. Yeah, but I will say this. You know, Wednesday night, the Penguins beat the Avalanche, which tell me something that the Penguins are – right now they're on the outside looking in. They're all looking to get that eighth spot, right? Um, and I think the Penguins could make that eighth spot. And if they do, they then play the, 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 the Bruins – and I found the Bruins. I don't know if I want to play the. the no, hockey. I don't want to play them. They always exactly. they always scare us. Is yeah, there exactly. is there, you know I, I think the Rangers have a shot. I really do. I think they they made great moves at, at the trade deadline. Um, the guys that they've gotten are, are really fitting in well, and the, they they still have a couple weeks to, you know, fit in because hockey you still have to know you know to uh, familiar familiarity really helps in hockey right because they these guys yeah. have to know where these depth. guys are going to be and you know yeah. just watching the Bruins Bergeron and Pasternak and, and Marchand they know where those guys are going to be every second they're on the ice and uh then the Rangers are fighting that a little but yeah uh, they have to create I, the I, I, I'd like to see a Bruins Rangers um conference you know final conference yeah. final that would be pretty epic because as of right now if the playoffs ended today I think the Rangers would play the Devils in the first round which are beatable um, but I said, like I said, you know, do you want the Penguins to sneak in? And that would not be good, I think, for the Bruins. And the Penguins have an interesting player on their team, Jeff Carter, right? Now, Jeff Carter was a member of the LA Kings team that finished eighth in 2012 and then won the yep. Stanley Cup. So <laughs> sometimes, you know, you can be the eighth seed and win the Cup. It doesn't, you know, it, you know, it's a whole new season, like they say. And right. so hockey's it, different. Yeah, hockey's different because you need to write a hot goaltender. At, the Penguins don't have a hot goaltender, but the Rangers do. I mean, Sesterkin proved last year. Oh, yeah, that he's, he's good. Hot. Yeah. And so, like in soccer with a hot goalie at a, at a short tournament, the playoffs in hockey are that. If you have a hot goaltender. So, I always look, I always say, I, say, I always tell people, look, look at the league leaders. Like, who are the top five goalies in the league? Because if those teams are in the playoffs, and they most likely are, those are the teams you need to look at. And, like, the Penguins, for example, don't have that. They have offense, but they don't have any, any uh, good defense. For example, the Oilers are a good example in the West. They're, they're, they're a great team in the West, but they don't have the goaltending. And so, Connor McDavid can score all the goals he wants, and they can still lose eight to seven. Yeah, so, are the Abs going to make it back to the finals? Are they are they the class in the division? I mean, I've I've seen him play four or five games this year, and they haven't impressed me. And I don't know, you know, sometimes no, you're right. I was very hot on them in preseason because I thought, well, if they play even a fraction of the way they played last year, they'll 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 do really well. If you look, it's interesting. Like the best team in the East, the best team in the West would be like the fourth place team in the East. So the East is stacked. I, th I think know. The, I think the winner will come out of the East 
this this time. But can the Avalanche do it? It's possible. Can the Oilers do it? Maybe. I, I don't see it right now. Um, I, I don't think the Avalanche can repeat. And I look, I love dynasties, but they're getting harder and harder to do in the, in the National Hockey League these days. And so, um, you know, maybe the Avalanche don't have it. I mean, the other game, the other night against the Penguins, they didn't have it. And they had, oh, and they, I know, and they had, and they had like Miko Ranton playing like five minute shifts, and they still couldn't put the goals in. So you know, so they're they're trying, but they're they definitely um, their form has has dropped, and so we'll see what we see in the playoffs. I'd be curious if they if they're able to to catch that lightning in a bottle again. Is there any other any other team out west that uh, impresses you that that you might think is a dark horse? No, I think it's. Do you like Las Vegas? Yeah, they're always a tough team to play, you know, but I like I really have not been focusing on the Western Conference guy because the East has been so competitive and I do think I know and have... the games are really good. Uh, the, yes. Even the even uh, the Sabres, you watch the Sabres play, you know, they got killed the other night against the Bruins, but uh yeah. now that, I watched them play other other teams and they're very talented. I think you know in a year or two they might be a, a team to beat. Absolutely. Like I had them making the playoffs as an eighth team and they're not going to make the playoffs this year. They they just don't have enough, but they have so many young players. You're right. A year or two from now, we may be talking about, you know, the third or fourth place, you know, uh, saves or even first place, because I think they're going to build chemistry unless they start selling their players off. But right. if they don't, if they keep them together, they have a lot of young players. And I, I agree with you that I was hoping they would sneak into the playoffs. It doesn't look like they're going to do it. It looks like it's either going to be the, the Penguins or the uh, Capitals. They're going to try to sneak in. You know, it'd be interesting, interesting to see also the East is so good that you may have a playoffs on the Eastern side of the bracket with no Ovechkin, with no Crosby, right? I mean, yeah. some of the best players in the league won't even be in the playoffs on that side of the bracket because it's so competitive. And, you, you know, we're talking about Patrick Kane. I mean, I think he's, a, he's an amazing player, and I think the Rangers are a lot better with him. And I think you're right. As they build towards the playoffs next few weeks, I think he can help. And, you know, it, it kind of um, reminds me of the piece I wrote for Puck Junk just last month or this month on the five Patricks you should collect in March because of St. Patrick's Day. And, and obviously Patrick Kane was my number one choice. Well, we, we, you look at that. You segue, right? Like a pro, you know, you, 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 you that. served that one right up. Look you, at that. You, you had know? a great article in Puck Junk. You run, it's a, you do a monthly column. I do a monthly column for Sal. Yes. Yeah. And Sal, it's puckjunk.com. Uh, we've had Sal on b- before, Sal Barry, of course. And I, uh, Clemente wrote a great article, a really interesting article around uh, St. Patrick's Day with using the name pa- Patrick and trying to pick out the Patricks that you should collect. And honestly, I don't, I didn't really see any uh, holes in your list there, my friend. I thought you did a good job. Even, 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 even put Pat Stapleton in, who's not really a Patrick. But <laughs> right, well, you know, it's funny. So you say I did a good job, and I appreciate that. But it's often more fun to put a list together and get a lot of hate because it's like it gets a debate going. I look. I put Patrick Kane number one because the article ran, came right out. You know, the, the piece ran right after the trade deadline. He was like top of mind for everybody. My number two pick, Patrick Waugh. I mean, he's a legend, but as you know, in, in the hobby, goaltenders don't get all the love they should get. I so. know it's, it's so it goes against everything I am because I love goalies. Right. Absolutely. So Patrick Waugh, you know, one of those players that I think, you know, would be number one on any list, you know, and, and maybe other than Ken Dryden, if you did a, a all-time goalies list, he'd be one or two, right? Um, number three, I remember you and um, you were debating this uh, on the show a couple of weeks ago, whether Patrick Marlowe or Pat LaFontaine should take the number three spot. I, have I, a, say, I say LaFontaine. Yeah, I have a kind of a love-hate thing with LaFontaine because he went from being an Islander to a Ranger 
I think the Rangers never, Ranger fans never kind of uh, embraced him, I think, as a real Ranger. And then he went to the Buffalo. Which is too bad because he's a very, very, he was a very, very talented player. Oh, he was very, maybe even underrated. And and um, so, and then he went to play for Buffalo, which, you know, he has the distinction of having played for all three New York State teams, which is a kind of a, dis- a weird distinction to have. Um, Patrick Marlowe was not my number three choice. I thought he was a, a wonderful player. And also I have a soft spot for the Sharks um, ever since they joined the league. I thought right, and, you know, it's it, those West Coast teams. You don't see them enough, and, and right. I'm not staying up at 11 o'clock to watch the Sharks and the Kings. Right, that's why whenever the Oilers are on national TV, like on a Wednesday on TV TNT, it's hard to watch. You know, I watched the other night because, and I'm glad I did because they they won overtime. McDavid scored a great goal, but it was like it must have been 12:45 a.m. Eastern, so it was yeah. late. Right, and so you're right. Like you're not gonna do that you know um on a regular basis and then pat stapleton at the end who was not really a patrick but i was running out of patrick's you know at, at some point so is, is there anyone that, uh, did you get any response from your article people saying how did you leave pat so-and-so off the I list i did not get that and i thought oh maybe people just like you kind of felt like huh this is a pretty i thought you did a, I, re- I really thought you could have did a good job because i you know top of the head i didn't go i didn't go to, to hockey reference and, and p- pull up all the patrick's uh, that played and, and the only one I was thinking was maybe Craig Patrick who played right. uh, was a so, coach yeah so I didn't I didn't caveat that but if the last name was Patrick I didn't do it I also started my piece kind of on a history of the what the Patrick division used to be I remember all us yep. old timers remember the Patrick division oh sure um, and so that you know those names were fun and I remember when they changed them to Eastern Western whatever um, kind of something got some of the tradition got lost, but I understand you got you to innovate the game too. So that's that's. Fine. What do you got coming up this month? Do you, you want to let the cat out of the bag? Yes, I'm going to preview for April. I'm working on it now, um, so stay tuned. Um, I'm I'm going to write up a defense hobby defense of of uh, Lafreniere. I think a lot of people think he's a bust, and I I, I don't think so at all. I think that. The people that are uh, in the flipping game think he's a bust because his Young Guns card was six hundred dollars when it first came out and had no business being that much money. Yep. He's down to like a hundred bucks. I think he's a great young player. He plays on the kid line for the Rangers. The Rangers are stacked with talent. I mean, how many minutes can he possibly get? And without giving my whole argument, I do think that you can get some really good deals right now on Lafreniere. And if the Rangers win the Cup, his value will go up, and then we'll be talking about him more. Um, he came in with a lot of hype. In a lot of ways, he reminds me of when Eric Lindros joined the league. A lot of hype. And really, it's hard for any player to live up to that. Right. I mean, there's not many there's not many guys that do that. Well, guys, uh, check out Puck Junk. It's puckjunk.com. Sal Barry, he has a podcast uh, that's really a fun podcast. And there's uh, all, everything hockey. Join his group. It's on Facebook. As, uh, you can join his group. It's a really fun group. And, and Clemente writes a monthly article for them. So watch for his April uh, article coming out. And if you want to check out his March article on the Patricks we just talked about, make sure you check that out. Hey, how are you doing on TTM returns? You've been sending a lot um, out? Yeah, I've been, I sent a lot out. I haven't gotten too many back, but some of them trickling in. I got uh, three TTM returns. One is George Martin of the New York Giants. He signed my 86, I think it is, uh, Tops card. Nice. Um, so great signature. I like some of these older guys. They actually take the time to write a nice nice signature. You know, you can actually read the name, which is great. Um, the, the next one I got took almost 250 days. And I love, wow. getting, I love getting these old ones back and go, wow, what is this one? So when I went to the Sport Card Expo in Toronto, um, I bought a lot of uh, – um, you know, quarter boxes. I, I was I was scouring for common cards because I knew I can send them out eventually. 
and I found a um, OPG 1991 Bernie Nichols card. Now, Bernie Nichols was one of my favorite players for the Rangers. He ended up playing for the Kings. Yeah. Great score. He had a really good, he had a good career with the Kings as well. Yeah. Great score. You know, I, I really loved him when I was in high school. Um, funny enough, I ended up at the airport and I had 10 Canadian dollars left and I just couldn't spend it on anything. You know, when you're at the airport in a foreign country and trying to get rid of all the money that you, you know, so yep. I ended up coming home with 10 Canadian dollars and I thought, what am I going to do with this? So I was putting some TTMs together in July and I know Bernie Nichols has a, a foundation, a charity, and he lives in Canada. So I just, I just dropped 10, 10 Canadian dollars in a nice little note telling, telling, you know, him that I was a big admirer of his and, you know, 250 days later, I got a signed card from him. So um, signed the uh, 1991 OPC card. So I was happy to get that back. And for just 10 bucks for his charity, I was, I thought that was pretty good. And then I got a Parkhurst Barry Melrose sign. Oh, good. And Barry Melrose is a good signer. Turns Don't out. you like and, those Parkhurst, those old Parkhurst uh, reprint cards? I do. And they, they're great, you know, and, you know, and he's here as a coach, he's featured as a coach on this card, but um, I was glad to just get him, you know, and I, I saw a lot of people getting returns from him. So I thought, what the heck, let me just um, jump on that before he uh, gets too much mail and, and stop signing. So those are my returns for March. Very cool. Yeah. I've been, I've been getting a lot of hockey back. Uh, if you want it, you remember Gary Sargent, who was a defenseman with the Kings and the North stars. Yes. I sent him a couple of cards. He, he sent me a cool postcard um, of him as a, I don't know if you can see it. Oh, I see it. Yeah. As a North star that, I see that. He included that. So I would, I, I would send one out to Gary Sargent if you can, because the, yeah. the, po the postcard itself is worth, is, is worth it for me because it's a cool looking card. Absolutely. Yeah. Some of these guys, they, they send back more stuff than you sent, which is great. Like for example, I didn't mention George Martin. I sent them one card and he sent me back two cards signed and one was a different card. So I'm like, I'll take it. It's great. Like, you know, and maybe he got confused or maybe he had extra cards. I love when they send you some extra stuff, you know, and he actually wrote back on the letter I sent him saying, you know, thanks for your nice letter, which is always nice. That's very cool. Hey, you are attending any shows uh, coming up? No, not in March, but in April there, there is the, um, what they call the East coast national is a big show at, at Hofstra in, in New York. I think yep. it's the middle of April. I think I might go to that. I've actually haven't been to a show in a while. It's been a few months. Uh, you think the winter months would be a great time to go to shows. I just haven't gone as much. I've been basically scouring eBay and and looking for trades and, and doing stuff like that. But I, you know, I am excited. I I I told you I think a couple of months back that I booked um, my hotel for the national this week. I booked my airfare, so I'm awesome. very excited. I, you know, part of me doesn't want it to come because the summer will be half over. But part of me is just so excited about getting together with everybody and. And going to the national, I think it's going to be a great time. Yeah, are you looking for anything specific at the at the Hofstra show? No, not really. I'm looking to finish, you know, or at least get more of the Panini Prism World Cup uh, cards for my set. I need more of that. I need to get a list together and then hope to find them in, in quarter boxes, dollar boxes. I'm looking for that, and I'm looking for any, you know, any any other sort of, uh, you know, I love to scour the dollar boxes. There's, there's some good deals in there sometimes, especially for hockey and for soccer. And so I, I, I just have to take my time. And if I get to spend eight hours at a show and see people and, you know, and, and go through some boxes, that's that's what I'm mostly doing. All right, my friend. Well, that is Clemente's world. Clemente Liste. Make sure you check out his Planet Soccer weekly newsletter. What is it again? Planetsoccer.substack.com. Make sure you check that out. That's a free newsletter. Also, he is on Puck Junk. Make sure you follow him on Puck Junk. He is on Twitter. You can follow him on Twitter. He also is, of course, uh, author of the, the best book on the World Cup ever, The History of the World Cup. 
it's a great book. Hopefully you're you're se selling thousands and thousands of copies. Hopefully. <laughs> and he's a busy man and he he appears um at least once a month on our show and we we sometimes bring him back if if we got something special to talk about and uh, I think we should talk maybe in a couple weeks right before playoffs start. What do you think? Yeah, I think once the regular season is coming to an end and they start to seed the teams, we can we can do a little preview maybe. Yeah, I think we'll do it. We'll do a, a preview and then uh, season, series two will be out then and right. we can talk about that as well. So Clemente Lise, thank you, my friend. It is Clemente's world and we will talk to you in a couple of weeks. All right, buddy. Thanks, Jeff. All right. Talk to you. Thanks. Clemente, I'm going to run it this week. Sounds so, good. Uh, Saturday. I'm going to run this Saturday. Yeah, this is a good this was a good one. <laughs> they're all good they're all good <laughs> no but I'm, I'm on to the segues so <laughs> you were perfect thank you You know what i was sitting there i love having clemente on drew he's so he's he's very articulate he's very he's very yeah. tied into the hobby uh he's passionate about collecting he's got his daughter uh behind behind him collecting and they they just it's just fun to talk to him uh about everything that's going on i know you you and i met him officially last year at the national and uh you you, you guys started talking and i just stepped back and watched because because you guys are talking so much, all this hockey stuff was very cool and that was that brought gave us the idea to have clemente on as a regular guest so we will have clemente on in a couple of weeks uh, i believe it's the um 13th uh, 15th maybe for the april 15th show um because we're going to look at uh, all the NHL playoffs and look at uh, from a collector's standpoint. And we're also going to review um, series two upper deck series two is coming out. Oh, good. So yeah. we're going to do that as well. So thank you. I hope you enjoyed my interview with Clemente. Next up is collector's corner collector's corner. This time we, we, uh, we love talking to uh, passionate collectors and uh, I thought it'd be nice to bring on a new collector. Uh, Aubrey's only been collecting for about a year, a couple of years, right? Yeah, about and, two years now. And she's she's one of Drew's friends, and, and we don't get to talk to females a lot. And I wanted to get the female perspective on collecting. And Drew sat in. We got a bonus Drew Pelto time. Drew sat in on the interview, and we talked to Aubrey about her getting involved in TTMing and collecting, and some of the things that she likes, and how she um, sends out TTM requests and, and her successes and stuff. So. Please enjoy our interview because it's not my interview. It's our interview with Aubrey Turner from, from uh, Texas and, and a TTM collector. And now it's time for Collector's Corner. Let's hear from our collector this week. All right, guys, it's time for a little Collector's Corner, a very special Collector's Corner. We have Drew Pelto here doing the interview with me. So we're, we're going to get we're, we're going to gang up on our collector and we're going we're going to interview Aubrey Turner from Dallas, Texas area. Aubrey is a uh, TTMer and an in-person autograph collector, and I think Drew brought her into the hobby. So we're gonna we're gonna get some questions from Drew. So welcome, Aubrey. Thank you. Good to be here. Aubrey, why don't you tell us a little about what you collect and, and what you're interested in most, and uh, and a little about um, how you got involved with TTM and autographs. Sure. So I collect baseball autographs as well as astronaut autographs, although I've done a couple of other things. Um, I've done a couple of actors and um, some um, musicians as well. How, I got how, started, did get, oh, how did you get started in, in collecting? Uh, was it first getting involved with cards or did we did you yeah. write for autographs, uh, getting autographed pictures or how did you get started in collecting? 
Actually, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm thinking back about this. Before I did cars, before I met Drew, I used to write letters to um, politicians. So it wasn't really to get the autograph. It was to get them to write something back, but I really liked getting the autograph then too. So I guess that's probably when I started way back in high school. But during COVID, um, I was complaining to Drew. Drew and I are friends and I complained to Drew that, you know, we were bored. We didn't have anything to do. So it's like, well, I've got these extra baseball cards that I've already gotten, you know, a lot of signatures from these players that are free. So why don't you go ahead and try this? Uh, the kids and I started it. The kids kind of fell off, but I love doing it. I love getting that little thrill in the mailbox when you get something that's not a bill, you know, um, and started opening them with Drew, which is really fun. So he could actually give me some insight on who these players are. I'm not really a person who knows a lot about baseball. So I get excited because, you know, I'm getting the card back, but it's good to know some details about the player as well. And what sites do you use to get addresses? Drew. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I started out at first begging Drew for addresses. And then Drew, I think, maybe got tired of answering. And so for my birthday, got me um, the the membership. But I can't remember what it's called, Drew. Sorry. Oh, uh, Star Tiger. Star Tiger. And do, yep. do, you, do you handwrite your, your, uh, your requests? And do you send special questions or, or or comments in the mail and, and what have you what have been some what are your some of your tips to to get tough guys to sign yes i do handwrite all of my letters i ask a lot of questions um probably questions that make it pretty obvious i don't know a lot about baseball to be perfectly honest i don't say hey you know that one time in that game in 1972 what did you feel about this i ask questions like what are your favorite memories playing the game uh, if they ever played, I'm from Kansas City, so if they ever played for Kansas City, I ask them what their favorite barbecue is. Um, and there are times that I switch it up. I'll ask them what, you know, their favorite book is or what book they've read recently. Things like that, not necessarily about baseball, but just to kind of get them talking. And I don't, I have it compared with other folks to know that I get more than anybody else, but I probably get more letters back. Don't you think, Drew, because they're answering my questions? Yeah, you seem to get a lot of interaction from the players, and that's always really cool. I mean, it's stuff that I would never think to ask, and you're tossing there. It's like, it's good. I like that. So, yeah. <laughs> well, what's your favorite return? Not necessarily from a player, but just kind of the fav a favorite response you got from, from somebody. My favorite ones are the ones where they say um, that – like they wish that they could take me and the kids out to a baseball game or they wish that they could show us around or, you know, good luck, you know, teach your kids to, you know, do whatever they want. My, my youngest child is very athletic and she's a girl, but she wants to play baseball. She doesn't want to play softball. And so sometimes I'll mention that and they're like, yeah, she could do that. No problem. Like tell her to go for it. So that's really encouraging. Yeah. I just saw a news story actually, uh, a girl, and I forget where she, she was from, I think Florida, but she ended up, um, she's going to be the first woman to make a Division One baseball team. Oh, that's awesome. So, so uh, she's really good. I was, they were showing, showing highlights of her playing. I, forget, I just forget what school it was. She went on as a walk-on and she got on, she made the team. And I think that, I think she's going to get a scholarship eventually, which is kind of cool. Yeah, definitely. So tell your daughter she has has hope you hold up for, for the hardball um, right 
What are some of the act actors and uh, astronauts that you've gotten back? I've gotten a ton of astronauts. Um, I've probably gotten oh, probably two thirds that I've sent out. I've probably sent out sixty or seventy five, and have gotten about two thirds back. They tend to not write as many letters, or if they do, they're very like analytical in their answers. Yep. But um, I'm still I'm going alphabetically, and I'm still in like. F. So I have a ways to okay. go. There's way more astronauts than you would think there are. Like, I'm learning a lot. But, you, do you ask for signed photos back or to sign index cards or what, what are you yeah, getting back from them? I just print out like easy index cards um, with their, their um, flights at the bottom and their name on the top. Um, so, and there are times that I'll get, um, like three or four page letters. There's times that I only get like a signature back, but I'll take it all. Um, and I've gotten Penn and Teller. Um, and I have sent out to most of the actors in um, like Dogma, Jay and Silent Bob, but Kevin Smith. But mm -hmm. I just sent those out within the last week. So I haven't heard anything back from them. And um, a friend suggested that I send a letter to the actor that plays Oh goodness, something Wallowitz on um, Big Bang Theory because he's an astronaut in the TV show, and so I just sent that out last week too. So, oh, um, we'll what's the, who who played? Um, yeah, he played the friend on Friends. Yeah. What the heck's his name? I forget what his name is, but I know what you're talking about uh, on uh, Big Bang Theory. That that'd be a good one. Yeah, that'd I be good to get a picture of him as an astronaut too. Oh yes, that'd be awesome. Drew, do you have any uh, question for Aubrey? Um, no, I think you're covering everything pretty well there. I was going to ask because I know uh, it started out, yeah, with the kids and everything. You said they haven't been getting involved as much. I know your youngest, you said, you know, wants to be a baseball player. Has that helped get her kind of kept her interest in baseball at all? I know we had the little talk about Roberto Clemente there uh, the other the other week. Yeah, that's it. Like she she will brag to her teachers and stuff that her mom's met baseball players because, of course, <laughs> I'm not quiet about it. And <laughs> I met maybe too strong of a word. Right. But um, have interacted a little bit. And she really wanted to do her own thing. She doesn't want to go see the Royals play. You know, we're in Dallas, though. So doesn't want to see the Rangers, but um, really wants to see the Pirates. Wants that on the the calendar that we make sure to go see them. She wants to cheer for them. So kind of forge their own way. The, the older two aren't interested in baseball as much, but have asked me a couple of times, hey, do you have, you know, the address to this certain YouTuber? Can I write a letter to him or whatever? So that's been fun that they think of it to think of write letters. So now do you cheat like Drew does and put the initials on your return envelope so you know who it is or do you, you make sure it's a secret? I you make sure know. it's a secret. Me too. <laughs> I tell Drew he cheats. He's like, "Oh, I got something for from MT. I know who that is." And uh -huh. well, I've gotten <laughs> like back. Surprise. I've gotten back empty envelopes twice, and I'd like to know like who those empty envelopes were, just so I can mark them off. And so right. that's why I started doing it. Aubrey, he cheats. Yeah. He does. <laughs> <laughs> uh, have you have you attended any card shows? No, I haven't attended any card shows yet. Although I would love to. Although I will only go with like Drew or somebody who knows what to look for because i would probably be lost i don't do have any go, idea do you go on ebay and, and purchase specific cards for guys that you're looking for or uh how, how do you source out your cards 
well, well, I have bought some cards on like Facebook Marketplace. Yeah. But mostly I just ask Drew, hey, is this a person that will write back? <laughs> Everybody needs a Drew. It makes it a whole lot easier when you're first. Well, that's why we have Drew on the podcast, because that <laughs> right? way we can give the country a Drew in, and tap yes. into his expertise, right? Right. A Drew so, for hire, uh, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do, do, is there anyone that you really like to get their autograph that's kind of on, on your, your radar? We talked about the, the act of the played wall. It's on Big Bang. Is there is there anyone that you you just go, oh, I really I really need to get Taylor Swift or I really need to get, right. uh, you know, Michael Young or I don't I'm just picking right. names out of the hat. Are there a couple guys, guys, people that you really want to get their autographs? I really want Salvador Perez's. I have a, uh, Drew has every time he gets a couple extra Salvi cards, he gives them to me. So I have a big old stack. I've tried sending him letters. I've tried writing letters in Spanish. I've tried sending him a get well card when he was, he was like getting back into the game so far, nothing, but I'm going to keep trying. <laughs> My brother lives in Kansas city and has promised to go to those signing events for me. If if there's one that Salvi is at to get me an autograph. So we'll see. Now, I know you've done some in-person autographing as well. Do, do you enjoy that part? And uh, do you think being a woman helps you helps you getting autographs over uh, ugly guys like Drew and I? <laughs> I? Okay, so yes, I do think, I think it is more, it is a different kind of fun, right? Um, being able to see them and interact a little bit. I think maybe I have better luck, but not because I'm like, well, it's because I'm a mom. Like, I think these guys, you know, have, especially in some cultures have like the respect for the mama. And if I use my mom voice, they would start coming over. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I, I get really excited to be able to talk to them and kind of stumble over my words, but it's a lot of fun to be able to see them and see if they'll give us autographs. Have you been starstruck meeting any of these guys or you're just kind of like, okay. Uh, No, it was ridiculous. Christian Cologne is one of my favorites. Drew can tell you about this. It was, I was like beaming from ear to ear and I have a picture of us together and I maybe like cuddled up to him a little bit consensually, (laughs) but (laughs) I was so excited to, to get to meet him. I don't really know that he was as excited to see me but <laughs> but it was a good time do you do you think i mean you're, you're still fairly new in the in as a collector do you think this is something you're going to continue for a while and, and uh you really you you enjoy getting the the mail and enjoy the interaction and you think you'll be continuing it yeah i do i um my I have kind of a disabled body sometimes with a lack of mobility so it's a thing I could do where I can feel like I'm being productive but not have to move my body around as much so that's nice that you can have anywhere from like sitting on your couch writing letters to being you know at the baseball game or whatever trying to get those autographs um I kind of go in spurts of you yes, know gotcha. all right. how, how many requests do you send out a month do you think oh I bet oh 20 probably and you handwrite all your requests yes do you yeah although i i will admit that i have kind of a formula of how i do it you know it's not everyone is not brand new but um i think i have pretty good results um not amazing but you know what do you think your what do you think your uh return rate is do you think it's 70 percent 80 percent what do you think your return rate is Um, 
Yeah, I'd say it's about between 65 and 75%. I haven't really yeah. tracked it. I'm not as good about that as Drew is, but um, it seems like I get quite a few back, even though I'll, I'll kind of forget that, hey, I, you know, I wrote to this baseball player a while ago. Sometimes I get them back way later than I expected them to. And I thought that they weren't going to come back, but eventually it feels like quite a bit of them come back. That happens, right, Drew? Some, you, you, the mail come in and you'll be like, when did I send that thing out? And you you got to go back into your, your records to fi find it. And you, Drew, you, you've had stuff for years, right? You've had stuff that, that, that have been out for years, right? Yeah, I had one a while back that I think took eight years to come back to me. So once in a while, yeah, I mean, it's great when they take, you know, only a week or so. But there's something about getting the one back that you never thought was going to come back. It's like, whoa, hey, all right. That's I didn't see that one coming at all. Yeah. Do you send out many pictures and, and how do you how do you send those out? Do you send those out? Uh, how do you protect them? Oh, um, I haven't sent any pictures out. I've only oh, okay. sent either note cards or baseball cards. So far, so far. No, but no baseballs yet. No, I haven't. I mean, I've had a couple of signed. Uh, Drew protected me. Story of him being a hero. There was a baseball coming toward my head, and I yelled "stop" at it, which it does not stop a baseball <laughs> from coming to you. So Drew put his hand out and like knocked it out of the way. So the the player that hit that ball, I got that one signed and a couple of others when we were out getting autographs. But I haven't sent any baseballs out yet. That's funny. We were at a spring training game with my wife, and my wife was like ducking. We were we were kind of right behind the first base dugout, and that we had like two foul balls right in front of us, one, one, one section over, uh, they would, guys would come back and they'd throw the ball out to the, you know, into the stands after the inning. We uh -huh. had two, two just miss us. And she's just <laughs> like, I don't want to sit here anymore. Right. <laughs> What's do you, do you, um, you've been to, uh, the Rangers park Rangers major league games and you've been to minor league games. Yeah. Do you prefer one over the other for autographs? Uh, minor league minor for, sure, league. for autographs yeah do you and is it is it strange is it strange to you as it is for me and i don't know if it drew but it's it's definitely for me you know as a as an older older person i'm in my 50s to ask you know an 18 19 year old 20 year old kid for their autograph it's a little strange in person you know what i mean it is but i think it makes them really excited too and i like that part of it you know and they've earned it they're there because of their talent so I'm just rooting them on, I think. That's cool. Drew, any other questions for uh, Aubrey? Um, I had one originally, and then you kind of answered it there. So it's like, I think uh, that that's what care of anything I was thinking of there. So, yeah. Well, speaking with Aubrey Turner, Aubrey Turner is in the Dallas area. She's friends with Drew. Drew, Drew brought her into the, the dark side of collecting, and she's been doing it since COVID. She collects uh, index cards and, and baseball cards, signed cards uh, of astronauts and actors as well as sports people do you think the astronauts and the actors are more easier to get than the, the baseball players through the mail or do you think it's it's about the same i think the astronaut i haven't got anything back from the, the actors yet but i think the astronauts are slightly better than the baseball players but not by much okay and do you do you do you, are you go back to the people the astronauts from the 60s and in the, in the 70s or or trying to get some of the the guys that have been gone up in the space shuttle and gone and gone on the uh, international space station, or you don't really care. I don't care. I'm trying to get all of them. If I was smarter, every once in a while, I think I should go and like try to find the ones that had like the first missions. You know, because they're 
they're maybe a little bit more an advanced age, but I'm not really being that deliberate about it. I'm just going alphabetically. Is there a list you're working off of? Yes. Drew, I'll let you help me with that one. <laughs> Is it just the stuff from uh, on the, uh, I think, was it the ones that were on the, uh, the, the, Printout list there that I got you, or which yeah. uh, one? Okay, yeah, it was the uh, Harvey Meiselman uh, like people of distinction list or something like that. I think. It was. Okay, did you buy the new one? Is his a non-sports kind of list? There, we got uh, got her that for Christmas one year. Oh, very nice. So that that's a that's a real that's a great source. Uh, and and uh, Aubrey, it's it's really great to talk to you a little about, about uh, something that you're you're passionate about. There's not a lot of women that we know that are collecting, so it's nice to hear the the female view of collecting and it's great to, you know i hope you get your kids more involved because it's great to teach them how to write letters and, and uh you know give them a reason to open the mail and i don't know it's just fun to get the kids involved absolutely do you so you um how many how many do you think you get a, a day returns are you, are you getting one or two a day or are you getting yeah, you know what, I, I like I said, I send them out in spurts, so when I'm really regular on sending out, I probably get one or two back a day. That's what, kind of what I like. Drew, Drew, no one no one can be like Drew and get like 20 back in a week, but <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> you have you have a good tutor there, Drew. Why don't you, why don't you, give Aubrey one question, then we'll let her go. I know she's she's a busy lady. Um, and we, we enjoy uh, spending some a little time with you and learning about uh, how you got involved in the hobby. Drew, you got anything to ask ask before I let her go? I think I think you've covered everything really well on there. I mean, that's uh, yeah, pretty much anything I could think of you've already gotten into. So yeah, I mean, it was fun and everything. And yeah, like you said, it's always great getting you know other perspectives from a lot of other collectors. And yeah, I mean, just anybody who's we have had veteran collectors on here who have been, you know, at it for, you know, 20, 30 years. We've got the brand new ones too. So it's always great to, to kind of vary it up. Aubrey, how do you display your stuff? Do you keep it, keep it in the books? Do you frame them and put up, putting them up in the, in the house someplace? Do you, do you have a, a memorabilia room that, you know, like a man cave, like Drew and I have man, man caves. Do you have a, <laughs> like, you can see my, all my stuff. Yeah. <laughs> how do you display your stuff? So right now I've just got them in notebooks kind of in my, we call it the blue room, but it's basically my woman cave okay. and um but I also take a picture of every card that I get back and post it on Facebook and a couple of albums so people can see what I'm getting um before I put them away do you want to uh give people your uh Facebook or in, uh your social media addresses so they can follow some of your successes and if they have any questions they can send you send you a question Absolutely. My name is Aubrey Finch Turner and I'm in Dallas. So if you're Facebook friends with Drew, you can definitely find me through that or you can just look me up by my name. Okay. Aubrey Finch Turner, check it out. Be, become friends with her if you have any questions. If you want to help her out, if you have any questions uh, or you want to send Aubrey a question or a comment, you can send it to us at TTMCast, right, Drew? What's the address, email address? TTMCast at yahoo.com. Aubrey, Drew gets a quarter every time we, he gives out the TTMCast email address so that, that that's how we do it true you want to do it one more time ttmcast at yahoo.com he, he's got to get, his, get, get a stamp it, for get, that now he, he's got to get his laundry done this week <laughs> right. <laughs> all right Ari, thank you very much for your, your time today it was it was great meeting you finally and, and learning a little about your collecting and uh hopefully you can get to a show soon and if i want to get down to the dallas area we drew can Drew, Drew will take us out for a, a good dinner, right? Because Drew, Drew, Drew knows all the good restaurants in Dallas. Yep. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> all right. We'll talk to you later. Thank you. Thank you.
Aubrey, can you send me a picture of sure. you? Like a headshot yes, or you with some cards that you got signed or just something that I can use to promote your parents. I'm gonna I'm gonna run it this Saturday. Okay, sounds okay, good. Okay, so if you could if you could just send me just just one uh, one or two pictures that I can use to promote you coming on the show, okay? Absolutely. I'll just email them to you. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. Okay. All right. Thank you. Drew, thank you for, for sitting in thank with you. us. Yep, definitely. All right, you have a good one. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Drew, I'll talk to you later. All right. All right, we'll see you. All right, thanks. Bye. Well, Drew, I don't know how you get any autographs in person with Aubrey around because they're all going to go right for her. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, just go right to her. And I mean, that helps. I mean, it brings brings them over at least. Helped with uh, Christian Cologne there that she mentioned at least. So, yeah. Well, it was nice to get her her um, opinion and feedback on, on collecting. And it was awesome. Thank you for uh, bringing to her to us. And uh, it was great. And I hope you enjoyed the event interview with Aubrey and uh she will we'll have her on again. She'll she'll get some crazy autographs. Some she'll 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 get us herself Sal Perez or she'll get something and we'll we'll have yeah. to have her on. Well, next up is making the grade. Making the grade is sponsored by Certified Sports Guarantee. Go to csgcards.com for sports card grading for the win. Collecting trading cards can be expensive, but grading doesn't have to be. You can now grade your cards for as low as $12 a card with CSG. Get your sports cards in the industry's best and clearest holders. CSG also offers amazing customer service, fast turnaround times, and accurate, consistent grading. Plus, get access to the CSG registry and compete against other collectors for the best collections. Go to csgcards.com to start protecting your personal collection today. Save $10 off a yearly membership to CSG with code TTMCAST. Get your favorite cards into the industry's best holder for even less. Save $10 off your membership with code TTMCAST at csgcards.com. I tried to do my best Drew Pelto, but it just doesn't work. <laughs> it just doesn't work. Making the grade is new a summary of what's been going on in the grading community. We like to talk about all the big grading companies and also some of the small, smaller companies as well. Uh, this was just kind of a snapshot uh, that I saw the, uh, yesterday and I think I thought it'd be neat to talk about. Uh, March, this is March 23rd grading results. So next year we'll have the end of the year, uh, end of the month stuff. But PSA was um, down 57, uh, it was down 77%. I'm looking to get it out with 54,600 cards. Imagine they did 54,000 cards in a day, Drew. Wow. It's crazy. So uh, SGC was up 4% with 5,500 cards. Beckett was up 80% with 2,700 cards. And CSG was up 76% with 5,700 cards. So, um, you know, so a couple of the companies that were down were down last week, you know, they're showing an upswing. So you can see how this is cyclical and it's, it's kind of cool to get some numbers. So, and again, always our, our, our grading numbers come from our friends at Gem Rate. And we do, uh, they do exclusive content, exclusive statistics for us. And we present it every week. We call it the big three. Yes. This week's big three is brought to you by gemrate.com. Whose cards are hot and whose cards are cold this week? Let's find out from our friends at gemrate.com. A lot of uh, 1980s and 90s baseball going out last week in terms of the uh, biggest risers there. But uh, yeah, we've got Cal Ripken leading the charge on this stuff. 73% increase in his cards being graded over the previous week. 
Barry Bonds up 55%, and Bo Jackson up, looks like about 5% there as well. The biggest card, Bo Jackson's 1987 Tops card, that one of the big future stars swoosh across the bottom there. Always a popular card, but that one went up 160% last week. So somebody out there is uh, really big on that card, it seems like. Yeah, it's a great card, don't you think? It, oh, it, yeah. it, it looks great in that eight, the 87 with the wood grain. It's just a really nice card, and it, 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 you know, it kind of captures Bo pretty well, I think. Yeah, it does. I mean, it's right there. Isn't it, isn't it like right there at the fence, like looking up at a yeah. catch a foul ball? Yeah, so I mean, that's a, just a great shot on there. Yeah, that future stars swoosh, and yeah, I mean, it's just it's one of the iconic cards of 87 tops. It's, it's a nice card. All right, well, I'm going to say next is the, 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 the biggest stinkers. How about that? Yeah. There we go. We we've been trying to come up with a, a name for for this for for five weeks now. We're going to call them the, the stinkers. These guys that 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 dropped in the last week. We lost uh, Zion Williamson uh, dropped twenty one percent. Not a surprise. I'll tell you, Drew. I'm usually pretty good about if a guy's going to be good or or, or not good. You know, what I mean, I I'm not a hundred percent, but this guy surprised me. I really thought he was the next thing. He was so good in college. And I just, mm. he can't stay healthy. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's the great equalizer, unfortunately, is how many times can you think of that? You've got a big star who looks like he's going to be the greatest thing. And then, yeah, I mean, he just is, you know, ankle falls apart knee falls apart, back won't stand up, whatever it is. And just turns him back into kind of, you know, somewhat ordinary. Yeah. It's too bad. The, the second biggest dropper was Justin Jefferson from the Vikings. Not quite sure why he was down 19%. Um, he didn't do anything wrong. He just, I think just numbers, right? Just yeah, just the the cyclical nature of the thing, I yeah. guess. And lastly, this guy he he keeps showing up on our biggest droppers is Jalen Green from the Houston Rockets, his point guard. He was down fifteen percent. I don't, I have no desire to collect Jalen Green. How about you? Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a big basketball collector to begin with, but the Rockets don't do much for me. And yeah, I just, I mean, I don't know. He doesn't stand out. He's one of the top picks a couple of years ago, but. Yeah, he's, he's, he doesn't he doesn't register for me very much. Well, he he's the he was the third biggest drop, the third stinker. I'm gonna call it his stinker. We're, we're, these are the stinkers. So yeah. <laughs> that uh, wraps up our big three. We want to thank our friends at gemrate.com. Make sure you check out if you need any statistics, want to find out anything that's happening in the grading community. Check it out, gemrate.com. This is not a commercial for them. There is no one better that that does this stuff, right, Drew? Exactly. I mean, we're not getting paid to tell them how, to tell how great they are. We just think they are. Exactly. Well, um, PSA has a, made an announcement this week, Drew. Yeah, they've uh, got a few more things they're going to start grading again, or start grading now to be just to begin with. Metal Pokemon cards are on that list. Sketch cards are up there as well. And one of the big ones here, star basketball cards. So if you're sitting on that 1984 star Michael Jordan, why don't you get that slabbed? PSA is going to start taking those now. So check into that. I love that they're adding in more stuff they're going to start doing. So that's, uh, and I mean, Pokemon is huge. I'm not a big collector of it all, but I'm sure that there's probably a lot of people sitting there with metal Pokemon cards wanting to get those slabbed up too. So check those out if you're sitting on any of those three things. Very cool. Thank you. Uh, some news from our friends at CSG. CSG will be at Megacon in Orlando March 
30th to April 2nd. If you're in the Orlando area, check that out. They're also going to be at C2E2 in Chicago, March 31st to April 2nd. And the big one is they're going to be at the Min Collective. They're going to be in booth number 106. They have Andy Friedman, who is a sports artist, very good sports artist. He's going to be signing autographs in the CSG booth on both Saturday and Sunday. They're going to also have, um, they're going to do two card uh, reviews for free. So bring your cards in and one of their graders will review review two cards for you. They have all sorts of lot, lots of giveaways, including with Drew, we got the CSG hats and the sweatshirts, right? The very, yep, very yep. nice stuff. They also gonna have a treasure hunt. There's uh, in uh, in the Men Collective, they've put like uh, some specially marked CSG um, slabs somewhere on the show show floor so and if you find them you're going to win some prizes from csg so that's kind of cool and they're going to have a kids guessing game for guessy grade and you can win prizes as well so there's a lot of stuff so if you go in the men collective in las vegas go to csg's booth 106 get your free autograph and also sorts other cool stuff um csg is a great partner of ours and, and we love to let you know what they're up to well that wraps up making the grade right drew it does indeed. Next up is the TTM cast stamp of approval stamp. I bet you're wondering who earned this week's TTM cast stamp of approval of approval. I guess I'll do mine first and then you can do okay. yours. All right. Yeah, um, that sounds good. So mine is, um, uh, you know, I love getting I love having a quick lunch. Something that you can just put together quickly. You don't have to wait. You know, you get hungry at, at 12, 30, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, whatever it is. You're looking for a quick snack. These things, my wife just brought them home. We had, I'd never seen them before. we never seen them before. And they're, they're Tyson spicy chicken sliders. So they're these little slider chicken sandwiches, right? And they come two to a pack. And uh, you you pop the thing open. You put the chicken in. For, uh, you take the chicken out of the thing. You put the chicken in the microwave for a minute. Just a minute. Mm -hmm. Thing cooks up no problem. You wrap the the uh, buns in a paper towel for 15 seconds. Bing, the the bun's done. So in a minute and 15 seconds, you got a spicy, hot, delicious chicken slider. It's nice. the best thing. I, I a quick lunch. I can't. I I love a quick lunch. It's yeah. I mean, you than, can't beat that. It's quicker than making a sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> and they're good they taste really good they're spicy and they're little and then you don't get filled up eating you know having a big lunch it's a great it's a great uh meal so that is my ttm cast stamp approval it's called it's tyson spicy chicken sliders i think there's i think there's four packs of two two sandwiches in a pack nice so uh two two sliders is perfect it's it, it give yourself a bag of chips and, and, and two sliders and you're good to go and it takes and it takes it takes a minute and a half to minute and fifteen seconds to make them. Nice. I'm definitely gonna have to check that out because I mean I love stuff like the the little frozen White Castle burgers and those That's sound more like. substantial like than that, that. But these taste good. <laughs> yeah, they're good. I was gonna say they sound a little more substantial too because I mean like the you get that you know tiny little thin piece of uh, beef on there with this with the White Castle ones. If you're getting a Tyson one, it's they're probably gonna be thicker than that, I would think. They so, are. Yeah, they're really good. Surprisingly, they're they're really good. I you know sometimes you you know and eat those the frozen chicken patties. They're not they don't taste good, but I think yeah. because of the size of them, mm -hmm. it's just perfect. And you don't get filled. You know you don't feel like you ate uh, a ten pound weight when you eat these things because you just it's it just fills you up a little. So there yeah. it is. My sample approval. Tyson spicy chicken sliders. 
check it out. They're available in your grocer's freezer. Uh, check them out. I, I give it my thumbs up. And guys, I want to hear from you. If you got a Tyson spicy chicken sandwich, I want I want your feedback. All right. Send me an email. <laughs> to ttmcast at yahoo.com. There you go. Well, Drew, we've been we've been talking kangaroos now for, for the whole episode. Why don't you do your <laughs> TTMcast stamp for approval? Yes, we've been using that as our spoiler alert here the entire time there. But my stamp of approval for this week is my favorite Australian Football League team, the North Melbourne Kangaroos. The men's season just kicked off, or they didn't have a kickoff, so I guess I guess they uh, opening yeah. bounced the other week or yeah, whatever. It's not a tip off. Uh, it's not a dropping of the puck. It's not a yeah. throw on the first pitch. What are they? What? Yeah, I don't know what scrum. to call the that. Opening really. scrum? Do they scrum? Well, no, they uh, they take the ball and they bounce it off the turf there. They call it the opening bounce there, but okay. I don't so know. It could this be tip off, I guess, right? Kind of. Yeah, because it's, it's kind of like a yeah, it's similar to a basketball tip off. So, either way, the season started last week at least, and uh, the North Melbourne Kangaroos, who have been my favorite team for you know twenty years now, they've had a crappy run of it the last few years. I know I've mentioned it before on there that I mean, last year they finished the season with a two and twenty record. They had the first pick in the draft and traded out of it. The year before that, they. <laughs> They, they got two the pretty Chicago good players. Bears. Yeah, exactly. But they did get two really good players out of it, though, picking. They traded down to pick both three and four, so not too bad there. Um, the, the season before that, they finished 4-17-1. They had the first overall pick in the draft after that, and the dude demanded to be traded middle of the season. So that's uh, that's great. And that's how they end up getting moving from one down to three and four was also part of that deal. But uh, anyways, 2020, they went 3-14-0, so another – crappy season right there the last time they made the playoffs was 2016 but this year the north melbourne kangaroos have started the season 2-0 they beat uh west coast last week they beat Fremantle just earlier today i think it was like right i got up it said two hours ago they had the final score posted but beat them 73 72 today the last time they had back-to-back wins came in 2020 when there was a gigantic covid break in between the games they played the first game on march 21st had the next three months off because of COVID and then won again on June 13th before losing pretty much the rest of the season. They went one and 14 after that. So back-to-back wins without a three-month gap in between them for the first time since before 2020, that would have been. So my stamp approval for the week, the North Melbourne Kangaroos, it just shows what adding a really great coach into the mix can really do for a team going from, you know, two and 20 last year to now two and O to start the season. Hopefully they don't lose the next 20. How's their? Do they have a nice logo? Do they have a cool logo? Yeah, they've got, well, they've got a couple of different ones. The uh, the main one has this kind of like tough looking kangaroo. I don't, unfortunately, I don't have my North Melbourne shirt on right now, or else I'd show you that. But uh, you have to check yeah, it out. Let's check. Wait, I might have it on my hat here. Hang on. Let's Dude, check out. Thing, guys, guys check out the things. North Melbourne kangaroo. They might have to be the official team of the uh, the TTM cast. There we go. There's there's the logo right there. Oh, cool. But yeah, they've got a, it's North Melbourne Kangaroos. The women's team is the North Melbourne Tasmanian Kangaroos. They split their time between North and Tasmania. But that's part of the reason why I'm a fan of them is, I mean, I like all things Tasmania. So, yeah. So, I, you know, this is totally off topic, but it, it just popped in my head. So I'll, I'll throw it out there because I do it all the time. The the Carolina Panthers, uh, they're, you know, they, they traded in and got the first round pick. They traded away um, their DJ Moore, who was there, they're one of the star wide receivers. Well, I just saw they they signed Adam Thielen to, from the Minnesota Vikings to a three year contract, and they also picked this this guy DJ Chalk from the De- the Detroit Lions. They oh, yeah. signed him as they signed him as well. I think those that's two great signings for them, and they're going to get 
one of the two best quarterbacks in the in college I, through the draft. I think they're I think they're uh, really setting themselves up. I, they, they, I, you know, I remember they were good for a while, but they have been relevant for a few years now. And I think I think they're in the right direction, heading the right direction. Finally, I think so. I mean, yeah, anytime more, I'm sure was getting a pretty nice uh, paycheck. Then if he wasn't, he was due to get one pretty soon. So being able to go out and get a guy on a, probably a little bit of a discount there for Thielen, because I mean, getting cut from the Vikings, great veteran receiver right there. He may have lost he's a step good. since there, but yeah, he's still got and a lot he's left. He's a good signer. He's a good TTMer. Oh, good. Even better. I'll have to scrounge yep. up a few cards of him then. And then, yeah, I mean, adding in Chark, that's a great depth guy. He's a former Jaguar, if I remember right as well. I think. Yeah. He's so that's another, another no good, good target. Yeah. Another good target right there. So probably saved a few bucks, got yourself two good targets that one really great one. And you're moving up to get the top quarterback. Smart moves by the by the Panthers for sure. I saw a report yesterday that Odell Beckham and uh, Hopkins are going to sign with are going to end up with Kansas City. Really? Yeah, that wow. I don't like it. Yeah, that's a little surprising. <laughs> that's not there, good for the, I mean, that's not good for the league. No, I mean Kansas City has they Kansas City doesn't really have a great wide receiver right now, but well, they've still got Patrick Mahomes there. I mean, you could hand him a pile of crap at the receivers and he's still going to make them look pretty decent there and i mean even the receivers they have are good enough at least so now adding in two big stars to it that could either be huge for them or it could completely backfire i really have yeah, no idea. i think that's a great move for the chiefs if they do it but yeah. no, i don't like it for the league all right sorry we got off topic there guys like <laughs> sorry about that we're gonna that that closes up ttm cast stamp of approval uh next up is our Vern rat minute Vern Rap Minute is dedicated to Mr. Vern Rap, who uh, sent out I sent out a TTM request to him uh, way after he had passed away, and uh, I was very embarrassed by it. And we do this as a service to our fellow TTMers to let people know who passed away in the world of sports and celebrity and, and politics. In case you send out a TTM request and you don't get embarrassed like I did, so we lost. Uh, not this week wasn't bad in terms of how many people we lost. We lost a few. We lost Don Burgess, who played left wing in the WHA. He played for the Philadelphia Vancouver Blazers, the San Diego Mariners, and the Indianapolis Racers. He played 445 games in the WHA. From 1972 to 1979, he had 107 goals. He wasn't really a TTM. He lost TTM in 2010. Uh, Don Burgess was 76 years old. Uh, we lost Mike Kadish this week. Kadish was a defensive tackle, mostly known for having played with the Buffalo Bills and, of course, college at Notre Dame. Also spent a year as part of the Miami Dolphins taxi squad in their perfect season of 1972. Did not play a game with them, though, before going on to Buffalo. He was not known to be a TTMer at all. Mike Kadish was 72 years old. We lost a uh, basketball great Willis Reed. Willis Reed, of course, played center for the New York Knicks from 64 to 74. 
He, I think he ended up hurting his knees, right? Wasn't he one of those guys that kind of hurt his knees back in the, I think so. in the 70s? He was he was a, a great player. Um, he was a lifelong Nick. He last he timed in 2007. Willis Reed was 80 years old. Uh, we lost Billy Evans this week. Another basketball player played uh, as a guard in the ABA for a season with the Nets, 1969-1970, but a great player at Boston College for uh, his uh, for his time in in college there. <laughs> yeah. He uh, also went on to uh, go to BC Law School there after his uh, playing career. Last TTM in 2020, Billy Evans was 75 years old. We lost Dave Gardner. Dave Gardner played in the NHL for 350 games. He had uh, 70 goals, 115 assists from 1972 to 1985. And his closet must be awesome, right? It must have been awesome. Oh, yeah. He played for the Montreal Canadiens, great uniform. St. Louis Blues, great uniform. The California Golden Seals, the best uniform. The Cle- oh, yeah. Your Cleveland Barons, which, which there's not Solid many uniforms uniform. lying around. And the Philadelphia Flyers, another great uniform. He must have had the best closet <laughs> in terms of uh, jerseys. Uh, Dave oh, Gardner, uh, last attempt in 2022, he was 70 years old. Well, Drew, that wraps up uh, Burn Rat Minute for the week. Not too bad. Definitely good having a shorter list this week. So, I mean, I when know, it goes some, on and on weeks, like that, it's like, oh, some God. weeks it's like, oh my goodness, we another we get another talk, another guy. It's really it's sad, but you know, our condolences and sympathy go out to anyone who lost some this week. Uh, Drew, let's talk a little TTM returns, right? All right, yeah. Was our mailbox full this week? Let's take a look at this week's TTM returns. All right, but let's do a little returns. I'll let you go first because you had eight, and I think I had nine. Uh, I had one big one that I, I was was very happy to get back, a little surprised, and we'll talk about that at the end. But why don't you do yours first? All right, yeah, so I was able to add several uh, 1972 uh, high numbers into my collection here this week. Uh, two of them came in. I mentioned them last week that they were going to be coming in. They did arrive indeed, but uh, Jose Cardinal and Willie Montañez both signed for me, both took about a couple weeks or so turnaround on those. Gold Cup, that's a Gold Cup card, right? Yeah, that's right, yep. Got a, yeah, Montañez has that on his, and Cardinal was a traded one. So, yeah, a couple of couple of uh, nice uh, marks on those ones there. Uh, moving on to, this has been Monday the 20th, got Ellie Rodriguez, who's card number 421 in the set, right after, uh, since right after Steve Carlton there. So, uh, got him back, took about a couple weeks or so. He's got a $5 fee for his. Got back Richard Hidalgo, former outfielder for the Astros yeah, mostly, but also played with the Rangers, the Mets, and... A couple other teams in there, I think, too. But he had a 40 home run season once there with the Astros. So good. Uh, he's been a solid TTMer lately. We'll sign pretty much everything you send to him. Took about two weeks to turn around on that one. I got Michael Massey back. He is the first card that I've gotten signed for the 2023 top set. So now I have a card signed from every single year of tops base, uh, base flagship releases from 51 to 03 now. So he gets the uh, honor of being on my banner on my website and Twitter and everywhere else there as I have the uh, whole display of one of every single card there. So congratulations, Michael Massey, and thank you for signing for me there. Uh, 21st, that was on Tuesday, got Sergey Gonchar back, one of my favorite players ever. Played yeah, with you the... know, I saw he's signing. I got I to gotta grab mm-hmm. a card. Did you do a uh, Washington card or a Bruins card? I sent actually a couple of different ones. So I had a Washington one in there, a Pittsburgh one, and a Dallas one in there. So if you need some extras, I've got probably three or four more here that, I mean, he's signed probably 50 cards for me over the years in person. So please, Jeff, take these off my hands now. Yeah, send them my way because I don't have any. I, I keep yeah. meaning to get to send him out, but I don't have any of his cards. 
Cool. Um, yeah, so I'll I pull those out and send them on down to you. Okay, cool. Thank you. Yeah. But yeah, he's, I mean, yeah, he's a great signer, both in person and by mail. And I got him a bunch because, I mean, number one, he played uh, with the Capitals, who would go and play in Boston like three or four times a year when I first started uh, graphing in person. So we'd see him several times that way. Then what happens, he gets traded to the Bruins. So I'd see him, you know, after morning skates and practices and get him there. He ends up going after that to the Penguins, or no, to Ottawa, I think it was after that. Then goes on to the Penguins, who are my favorite team. So I got him, actually, I never got him when he was with the Penguins. But after that, he ends up going over to the Stars. So I saw him in Dallas quite a bit and got him several times that way. Goes to Montreal after that. And then finally finishes out with uh, coaching with the Penguins. And I saw him at the NHL draft in 20, uh, 2018. And yeah, then he, he, starts was, he, he was that. a very good player. I know he was yes. famous for having the heart, well, the hardest shot, but he was, he was a really good player. Yeah. I mean, he was a definitely an offensive minded defenseman, which got him into trouble at times, but eventually, I mean, once, if you paired him with a really strong defensive defenseman, that would be an incredible pairing. And I mean, yeah, having him out there with the penguins with uh, whenever they pair him with God, just about anybody that really helped to lead them to that cup in uh, 2000, what was it? 2009. I think it was. So yeah, great signer there, Sergey Gonchar. Uh, the 22nd got Tom Fitzgerald back. He's currently, I think, the GM of the New Jersey Devils. I know he works in some capacity in the front office there. He's done some coaching. He bounced around quite a bit as a player with the Islanders, the Panthers, the Bruins, the Maple Leafs, maybe a couple other teams in there, but kind of a journeyman guy. Uh, actually, I think he held the record at one point for the for shorthanded goals in a single playoff game. I think he was the first one ever to score two in a playoff game. And finally, on the 23rd, got Bob Veal back. He was a, another one of those 1972 high numbers, former pitcher for the Pirates. Unfortunately, Jeff, you'll see it right there. That got smeared up pretty bad in oh, the end. Oh, that's too bad. I, signed I, it I, sent him, in... I sent him a 73 card, tops card, mm -hmm. and he's with the Red Sox, and he signed the friggin' top loader. <laughs> oh, geez. So, yeah, unfortunately, it looks like he may have signed it and put it back in the envelope before giving it a chance to dry there. So it got uh, smeared up pretty bad there at the bottom, but... It, it'll it'll it's a decent placeholder at least for now and until i can try to potentially get another good one or another better uh cleaner one there so overall decent week there i mean with eight uh eight successes coming back nothing in the mail coming today that i see so uh hopefully i have some next week and if not well just got to start cranking more out into the mail i guess did you start sending some uh cards out from your find yet not yet i've been uh i have a small stack of them here that are gonna be the first ones to go out some of those uh, some of the rookie cards that i've actually bought specifically are going to be going out I forgot to mention, too, I had a couple of purchases to cover real quick. A Jonathan Stever 2021 Heritage I picked up off eBay from a guy that actually uh, I didn't know it was him that it was uh, selling it to me. This is a guy that I'm friends with on Facebook who's a big uh, Heritage collector, and he had one up there. I'm like, oh, hey, wait, I recognize your name now. Hey, you. It arrived. <laughs> yeah. And the big one, this one I mentioned last week that I had a bid in on, and I didn't want to mention because I didn't want somebody outbidding me. Well, I did get outbid, and then I just cranked my bid up and made sure I got this. But I've been working on the uh, 20. The 2002-2003 uh, Fleer throwback set that has all the tough guys of the uh, like 60s to the 90s all in it. And somebody had a lot of 12 of them signed, plus oh, nice. another 12 random uh, enforcers autograph cards. And included among the lot from the, uh, just the, uh, what do you call them, the uh, throwbacks ones, were uh, two guys that I already had but are going to make great trade bait. And that is Hall of Famer Billy Smith, who does not TTM very often. Uh, John Ferguson, who died probably about 10, 15 years ago or so, and uh, Serge Roberge, who I needed for my set, but there are two of them in there. So I've got one for my set and one for trade bait there, but he only played about maybe 10 NHL games or so before going back up to Quebec. And he played out of the uh, 
Quebec Senior League there that became the LNAH, the Quebec Violence League, as I uh, typically call it there. But I didn't, I could never find an address to mail to him at all. So I never got that card signed. So now picking up two of them, it's like, great. One for my set, one for potential trade. So if there's anybody out there who needs any of those, uh, any of those uh, throwbacks cards signed, if they're working on the set and you've got some extra ones for trade, and if you're interested in the Smith, Ferguson, Roberts, hit me up because I mean, there's I still got a few holes to fill. There. I think I'm 12 short on the set right now. But what's your what's your bidding um, modus operandi on eBay? Do you do you put it just put in a high your highest bid and let it sit there, or do you go in and swipe with 10, 15 seconds left? Or what's, what what do you what what would typically you do on eBay? I'm kind of in between on the two. I mean, I put in a bid that I think will win it, but it might be. Might get kind of a little bit low ball there. So like with that lot, it started the bidding start at like $12 or something like that. And uh, so I've put in, I think, a bit of like 25 or something because there were a couple of big names in there, but nothing that was, you know, hugely standing out or anything like that that would yeah. draw a lot of attention. So I put in a bit of 25 and with about four hours left, I think I got outbid. And so I'm like, all right, I can I can justify up to about 40 or so on this. So I put in a bit of 40 and ended up winning it with like 30, I think it was. So I'll keep an eye on it. I'm not going to go, you know, sniping at the last second typically, but I also don't want to go, you know, throwing out this uh, super high bid right off the bat and, you know, have somebody drive it up and get it super close to that and have me spend unnecessarily possibly. So, yeah, that's the one thing that bothers me about eBay is the sniping at the end. Yes. <laughs> I just don't like it. I, and Especially I do when it when you can set up while. programs I, to do it for you and stuff. It's just, that's ridiculous. I, I do it every once in a while, but I'm, I've been, I've cut back my eBaying a, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Because 99 I was, times I was out of 100, yeah, 99 times out of 100, if I'm buying something on eBay, it's just going to be a buy it now price rather than having to deal with an auction. But this one was just too much to pass up. I mean, I had to get that Robertish for the set, and having Ferguson and Smith to trade would be real nice additions too. Very cool. Well, I had a good, I had a good week returns as well. I think I had nine returns, uh, and probably about I don't know 20 cards here. Uh, let's I'll run down. I got um Gary Melchioni, who was a guard for the uh. Phoenix Suns, excuse me, on his 1974 Tops card. And what's neat about his card is that they, um, in 74 Tops, they have like a um, a background, like a washout background of of um, the uh, of just generic players. So I was looking at his card, and Dave Cowens, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and JoJo White are all in the pick <laughs> on the card. Jeez. And Melchioni played for the Phoenix Suns and was, a, you know, I don't think he was a, a great player, quote unquote, but um, I don't know if you can, I don't know if you can see it true, but it's kind of, it's kind of cool that, that you got Kareem Cowens and JoJo White all in the, all in the picture. So I got that back nice. from him in a couple of weeks. I got Bob Weiss. Bob Weiss was a great guard for the Chicago Bulls. He also coached forever with the Atlanta Hawks. And I got two cards back from him. Um, and he signed those in, in uh, blue Sharpie. I got Clem Haskins, who was a Phoenix Suns. Uh, it's nice in action card, 74 tops. Got back in a couple of weeks. I got Jack Martin, who played for the Buffalo Braves on his 74 tops. If you can see, there's a little run here going. I got Jim, uh, Jim Washington, who played for the forward for the Atlanta Hawks uh, on his 74 tops card. And I got Mickey Davis. I just got this back yesterday from the Milwaukee Bucks on his 74 tops card. So I've been, I got a, I'm been getting a lot of 74 uh, tops cards in. I just sent out, uh, I don't know, the six or seven um, yesterday. So been kind of working on that. I got some baseball returns as well. I got 86 and 87 tops. Um, Jay Howell play pitch for the Oakland A's. Pitch, he signed a blue Sharpie. I got Ray uh, Fontenot. Fontenot, 
who pitched for the Cubs and the Minnesota Twins on his 86 and 87 card. His 87 is a great um, Photoshop of putting on the twin, oh, the, yeah. twin the Twins hat instead of the Cubs hat. Uh, I got Jose De Leon, who was a pitcher for the Pittsburgh Pirates, on his 86 tops card. And I got this one. Uh, I'm not sure how long I had this one out, but I got two cards back from Mike Bordick, who was a shortstop for the Orioles and the Athletics. He signed it. That is 1999, and I think this is 92, no, 93 tops cards. And that that took about I, don't know, I think a couple a couple months to get back from him. So those are my returns. And I got one big return. I got taken a picture with Barry Sanders at the National in Atlantic City. And I sent it out to him to his um, fan mail. He has a fan mail address in Las Vegas. And it just came back the other day. So he signed it. And it's his real signature. It's not a stamp. And um, it took a couple months. But it, uh, I'm very happy to have it. You know, I, I love getting pictures signed of me by, with the guy. You know, I know. I think they don't mind signing him because they know who the hell's going to buy that there's no there's no right. value to it it's just a, it's a it's a a, a memento and I, I think it, it it's really cool to when get pictures with these guys so uh it was really cool to get barry sanders back and i know he historically is not a big ttmer yeah i mean you mentioned right there that it's not a stamp and yeah it's definitely live ink on that thing and that's with that fan mail address a lot of stuff has been coming back stamped from it so uh but yeah like you said if you have a photo of yourself with them Nobody's going to buy that. They know there's just for your own collection. So I think they're more likely to sign it. That's how Mario Lemieux was for a long time too. Yeah. You know, you and I do this for fun. We're not, we're not trying to make, make a living off and I'm not faulting anyone that that does make a living on it. Cause it's a great, a great hobby and a great way to, to make a living off it, but it's just not my cup of tea. And, and I, uh, I know you, you're not really much of a seller either. You, you like to trade and, and collect. So um, that that's why Drew and I do it. Right. Exactly. All right, Drew, that wraps up returns. Want to to wrap this thing up? Yeah, I think so. And this is how it ends. All right, thank yous. Time's for a little thank yous. First, I want to thank Aubrey, Aubrey Turner, for uh, spending some time with us. I know I was a pain in the butt trying to get get her to get an interview and I, I was I was honored trying to get an interview and we, we finally got an interview the other day with her and thanks for Drew for sitting in with it uh, with her that was great I want to thank Clemente Lisi as always uh, Clemente is a great uh, addition to the show and a great contributor and we will have Clemente on uh, right before uh, NHL playoffs I think the, the show for the show of the 15th we will have him on I want to thank Ted Mann who we interviewed for TTM cast 101 make sure you listen to that TTM cast 101 was on was out on every Wednesday and it's only about an hour show so make sure you check that out next Wednesday we'll have Don Edwards on right Don Edwards from the the Buffalo Sabres and and uh former NHL goalie we're going to have next week we're going to have Scott Gardner who is a uh, Nolan Ryan super collector we will have Les Wolf again, more from Les. Um, I am going to be heading to Florida. We'll hopefully uh, get to see Dave Bing and Kevin McHale and Rick Barry and Bob Dandridge and get some autographs from them um, and spend a little time in the sun. It's going to be nice to get a little sun for a couple of days. Drew, what do you got uh, planned for the week? Anything good? Um, I might go and check out the Rangers and Royals on Monday. They're playing uh, final spring training games. They play here in uh, Arlington. So. Oh, you have to get Sal Perez for her. That's what I'm hoping. I'm going to go in there, fingers crossed, and see what I can do. I need him. I need Bobby Witt. There's a lot of guys from the Royals that I could use for my uh, heritage sets. So I'm thinking about checking that out on Monday. But aside from that, yeah, I don't really think I have anything major planned. But uh, 
I mean, this is the final week after this. It's when, uh, you know, minor league baseball starts up. And so uh, I'll be out of games there every couple of weeks. Very cool. Well, thank you, Drew. You have a great week. I want to wish everyone many happy returns. We'll see you on Wednesday. Be good. Thank you.